Mega Late Show. 70? Episode 70, yeah. Don't you know what a radio is, boy? Sure, but I've never seen one like that before. No one ever saw one quite like that. Because that's a very special sort of radio. Yo, Tokyo, hip-hop, dope culture, creative culture, weekly podcast, episode 70. I'm tremendously proud of us. Doing pretty good, man. Yeah, like, you know, this has been a weekly thing for a while, Chris. It's like having a part-time job. Actually, yeah. But it's moments like this, and it's guests like you, Chris, that make this really, uh, really fun and interesting for us and makes us want to come back every week. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Why don't you introduce our guest late? Because I don't want to do him any injustices, especially with the pronunciation of his last name. Yeah, I was about name. to say, should have oh, checked the last should've name before. Should have checked the last <laughs> name <laughs> first. Yo, well, well uh, let's do it like this. How about, uh, Chris, can you please introduce yourself? Okay. Um, God, I haven't had to do this for a while. Uh, my name's Chris Charlton. I am a... God, what the fuck am I? I am a, <laughs> I am a wrestling writer, historian, I guess, and uh, I'm an announcer with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Cheers. And if you're listening to this podcast specifically for Chris, uh, thank you for rocking with us for this week. <laughs> right. And I just want to go ahead and preface the, this whole entire conversation with the fact that while I do appreciate wrestling, I am fairly ignorant to wrestling culture, modern wrestling culture. Right. So, uh, yeah, if I fuck up any of the uh, the phrases or anything like that, yeah, you can be mad at me because I know exactly how that feels when I talk to somebody that doesn't know anything about hip hop shit. So, right, right. you know, it's a, it's a it's a subculture <laughs> that means a lot to people. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think like it was the same, you know, when you sort of graciously invited me on, um, you know, I started listening to you guys and then it became, oh, we're not all that different because like I'm not particularly musical you know i listen to music but like i'm the worst kind of music consumer right like i'll listen to fucking youtube on like a playlist and never spend any money right but like so i don't have that vocabulary and but you know in a way what i do with some of my work is explaining you know a very different uh, even to people who do like wrestling Japanese wrestling is a different sort of right. subculture of wrestling. Mm. Yeah. And making that sort of accessible is similar to what sure. you guys make accessible with like Japanese hip hop culture and like or hip hop culture in Japan, which is something I yeah. you know haven't been familiar with. Right. You know, so listening to like this podcast over the last month is like, wow, this is a real education. But hey. at the same time, you know, it's that thing of like appealing to your base but at the same time being really accessible, which sure. is a difficult balance to strike, right? Yeah. I well and you, you know, in to, in today like uh, in today's world there's so many different uh interesting like subcultures of cultures uh you know micro cultures of things and like w- even in as, as large as pro wrestling is, is in, in the united states yeah. you know japanese pro wrestling is is fairly small in comparison but also tremendously well known by people who have an interest in wrestling culture and so like while i know the fucking rock and all these other guys like um i'm not even sure where to begin when it comes to japanese pro wrestling and that's that's uh, why we're here today well no. i was gonna say well, you're a big fan uh big fan i don't know i don't okay. want to like represent myself incorrectly but i've recently like in the past couple years gotten back into professional wrestling and fairly new to japanese professional wrestling but if you are like me or like mega and not as you know knowledgeable uh chris's book is perfect for that right. eggshells yep pro wrestling in the tokyo dome uh, the Wrestling Observer Book of the Year. 
Yo, let you, me get an applause drop for that, actually. That's incredible, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on that, man. And and uh, Chris was nice enough to bring us hard copies of the book here. So for all of you who don't have copies, you can go ahead and purchase this where? Uh, it's on Amazon.com, and you can hey. get that uh, digitally, paperbackly. Super uh, dope. Audibly as well. So, uh, you know, even if you can't read. Yes, <laughs> and it says here that you are one of the foremost historians of Japanese pro wrestling, an invaluable resource. So dope. Dope. Super dope. We only man. get dope people on here. That's true. You know, our track list is 70 episodes strong of 70. At, at the very least, like we're on the episode. So there's somebody. Yeah. Right. Dope so it's kind of <laughs> right. Right. So where, where should we begin late? Should we uh, go ahead and start with some questions about how he began? Uh, well, let's do like a little quick temperature check. Okay. Yeah. So a temperature check is where we ask you, uh, um, you know, rapid fire, quick questions to get uh, your perspective and, and your interest in certain things. So um, do you have some questions lined up? Let me, let me start with this. Who's your favorite wrestler all time? Do you oh, have one of these? Shit, that's difficult. I would probably say, you know, I think Keiji Muto. Who mm. was like uh, the great Muto? The great okay. Muto, yeah. If Are you're you familiar with Mega? I'm not in my head, yes, but no. We, yeah, <laughs> we, we, you were talking more about WWF. Like, Great mm. Muto was kind of in when he was in America. He was more like WCW. Okay. Like, um, Are what, you familiar with the guy who like? Does the Green Mist mean anything to you? No. Okay. So, no, it doesn't at all. I don't want to. I can see the direction this is a podcast is going. <laughs> yeah. And Chris, please correct okay. any yeah. wrong information yeah, I give. But at least when I was younger and I was watching Muto, I'd always be like, "Oh, somebody's about to get some green mist spit in their face." Oh. That's one of his okay. things that he has. He was okay. like, um, he came up through traditionally through the New Japan system, and like you know, even if everybody knows who Antonio Inoki is, like oh yeah, I'm familiar know, with Antonio. So Inoki. Antonio Inoki trained like Keiji Muto, and like was kind of wanted him to be like this poker-based mixed martial artist. You know, mm -hmm. this was when like Inoki was kind of experimenting. Mixed martial arts wasn't a thing like in right. the 80s, right? Right. But he kind of wanted guys to train in sambo and like do all of this stuff and start this movement mm -hmm. of what became MMA, right? Um, but like Keiji Muto instead, like he went to America and um, you know, and, and took on this entirely different character. And like he was influenced by like guys from the 70s and things like that that were around him, which was like, yeah, like, you know, like Mega was saying, the, the, the great Muto character, where he was just. You know, a very different, like mystical, okay. like more theatrical than more theatrical. More like yeah, exactly, exactly. Combative. So he was able to meld those two things together, okay. and then when he came back to Japan, like he was, he came back as like the the good guy Keiji Muto. Oh. But every now and then, he would transform into the Great Muto, and like he would come out in face paint and oh. like spray mist in people's faces, and yeah, like and just be a completely radically different character you know and there, there'd be times like later in the 90s when um you know in, in wcw they had the the nwo the new world order which was like this, that. the first like really cool bad guy right. stable in america and like they did a similar thing in japan they had nwo japan so like, there was this whole thing where like 
the great Muto was in the NWO, but like Keiji Muto wasn't. So like there was that like oh, the, the different characters. Approach, yeah. Some uh, of these storylines I mean, are really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, well I out. think I mean it's comic books. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's it kinda soap is. opera for dudes. Like right. People right. said that Definitely. so many times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's in a lot. I think like in America that that probably more runs true because there's a desire. Like wrestling's kind of a dirty word, I think, in the, in the states, and that's why. Uh, or it has been and that's kind of why you know WWE you know it's not world wrestling entertainment it's WWE you're not allowed yeah. to say the word wrestling it's sports entertainment no. and that kind of thing but I think it, like in Japan the way I see it it's like it's martial arts but there's with the emphasis on the art okay you know it's like yeah. people who are really great athletes like telling like human stories but they're, they're doing it in the context of like a, a competition in a, in a wrestling ring um, so it's a, it's a very different. There's nothing quite like it. There's, okay. there's nothing yeah. quite like that means of very expression. True. Oh, that's really dope. Well, see, that's kind of where my my knowledge base kind of intersects with Japanese pro wrestling. Is that I have been a fan of uh, Pride FC f- yeah. since the early two thousands before yeah. you know, and I, I even am a fan of uh, Ryzen. I just went mm. to the New Year's event, and so I'm familiar with some of these guys because of those crossovers between MMA and uh, you know shoot fighting, like shoot wrestling. Okay, so yeah. cool, man. So favorite wrestler. I, I see. Did you grow up watching like the WWF or WWE? Yeah. So I grew up. You know, I grew up in England, and um, I was in a weird time because I, you know, I was born in '83. So when I was coming up to like the age where I could consume and like enjoy wrestling. It was when like the British wrestling scene had lost television oh. and was kind of going in, you know, in a downswing. And so to replace it, they put like WCW and WWF on the, on the time schedules, you know. So like I'd see a little bit of that, oh. and then I faded away from it. And then you know, I think everybody sort of my age, like 15, 16, like the WWF Found out about attitude. girls. Oh, okay. Oh. Anyway, oh, okay, I thought we were going okay. a different direction. No, 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 no of course. No, no, I'm, you know, I'm far too nerdy for that. But like, yeah, no. Um, you know, it was like Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin sure. and The Rock and things like that. And, um, you know, so I was kind of into that. And my brother was more into it at the time and was- Younger brother? This, my older brother. Okay. He there was in a like community of, of tape traders we'd have like mm. in, in wrestling like back then way before youtube like yeah. people would trade vhs tapes of like dodgy like copied yeah. stuff you know and uh, he came over with like this show which was um you know a famous wrestling show but the 1994 super j cup and we watched that and it was the first thing i saw was uh a, a masked guy who passed away a couple of years ago called uh hayabusa and uh jushin thunder Liger. Mm-hmm. and it was like mind blowing, like these masked, into, you know, these is. glamorous masks and like colorful costumes and doing like the most insane death defying shit like that oh, I'd ever seen at the time. Okay. It's like, oh, there's this whole other world of like wrestling. The, that's a really interesting parallel to like the underground hip hop scene. We were yeah. trading tapes of shows right. and, and um, trading tapes of music as well. And uh, it wasn't the mainstream kind of thing. So yeah. you weren't into like the British Bulldog, you were into like this whole other culture where you didn't even understand the language then yeah yeah at the, at the time yeah yeah and uh it was yeah then sort of following that with the tape scene and then it came out to japan in 2005 which was a time where japanese pro wrestling was in a huge lull yeah. because of like pride fc yeah, yeah. you know and because yeah. of like there was the um a book came out 
couple of years ago because I think it was like Pride's 10th anniversary. And like it was focusing on like the first like Pride One. It was like one of the graces and like mm-hmm. uh, Nobuhiko Takada, who was a pro wrestler that, you know, had yeah. gotten this ambition, this idea in his head that he's like the toughest motherfucker in like on the planet. Right. So he challenges the, the graces and like yeah, um, choked out and stuff. Yeah. And, and the, the book's called like The Day the Pro Wrestling Died. Oh, because it took intriguing. such a, a hit of like if we're pushing pro wrestling this way, right. but like pro wrestling's not necessarily right, that. Right. Like, that's a part it of kind it. of pulled the curtain back some and said, yeah, oh, and you there's can't, more. You can't put the toothpaste right. back in the tube once right. it's done. You know, you kind of have to, now it's more of a way where we have like guys that are shoot influenced and like there's, people are able to incorporate that more. But I mm-hmm. think like it took people understanding that pro wrestling is a medium and not a genre. And like when you're like probably back in those sort of dark eras of like 13, 14, 15 years ago, it was more, no, pro wrestling has to be this, you know, and it not necessarily was that. When MMA showed up that no, pro wrestling mm-hmm. isn't this, is this something different? Then it got very difficult for the, for the scene. Interesting. I thought you were going to hit it off with a, a question that I, I cut you off earlier. Yeah. Uh, it's all good. Uh, do you have a favorite promotion? Um, I'm I'm both contractually or not quite contractually, but I'm legally obliged. <laughs> okay. Sure, knock it off, man. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to no, put you on well, the I mean, Okay, the, can the I thing, can I flip it a little bit then? Yeah. Uh, from your childhood. Yeah. D- did you have a favorite promotion? Um, but I mean. It's, you know, I, I work with and for New Japan Pro Wrestling, so I, I kind of have to say that New Japan Pro Wrestling is the, is, is the best, but, like, that's a, that's a <laughs> genuine thing. Alpha and thing. Omega. It, it's, it's a yeah. genuine thing because I came up from... It's it's really weird, but, like, a couple of years ago, I was just a fan on the internet and doing stuff, and then, you know, it became a thing of, well, hey, you're doing this stuff for free. Why don't we pay you and, and mm. do that work for us? And like, What a career arc that is. Yeah. I wonder if that could ever happen to some other guys who just do stuff on the yeah you know that would be great if that happened to some other guys yeah you know. yeah yeah, yeah. shout yeah. out to uh bob's carpet world <laughs> bob's carpet world who uh, doing it, we are we just it, like bob's carpets doing so, you know, it for it the love happens yes. that yeah they happen to be our favorite carpets on carpet the internet company you'll be just be <laughs> fucking drowning in carpets <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any uh, are you very familiar with like uh the western promotion like wwe did you have a favorite wrestler yeah from, i mean from there? when uh you know i and say when I sort of started growing up and started watching wrestling, then it was WCW at the time was sort of took that English Saturday afternoon okay. slot, you know. So, uh, so I got attracted to people like Sting and like Ric Flair yeah. and like um, I really wanted to like the- Sting. I wanted, wanted to, to like, it. yeah, because I like the crow, you know, with Brandon Lee, right, and he right. had that whole kind of vibe. With how that. can you not like Sting? Well, I never watched it. I was a WWF kid. There okay. you go. You know, like there I grew up. I grew up on like the Ultimate Warrior was my favorite cat yeah. when I was little because his like, you know, his promos, his cuts were like so dope. He would yeah. just say crazy shit. See, fill the I... spaceship up with the rocket fuel. Fill it up with the words. Yeah. Of the warrior? I, I, like, I, what? I mean, Dude, yeah, that's I mean, hard as hell. That's See, yeah. And then, of course, was, they retired and turned into a massive homophobe. And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I try not to think about it. Well, I mean, you know. I came up on WCW, or at least started with that. So the warrior completely missed me. 
So when he okay. showed up in WCW, I was like, "Who's this fake ass Sting dude?" Man? Oh, uh, why does everybody because like Sting had the face paint why too? No, like because that, right? you know, before, before either of them got famous, they were a tag team. Like, Sting oh, is that right? Oh, right? The yeah, more yeah, yeah. you know, when they were and like the, surfer guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they kind of had to know that. Man. And the um, the guy that became Vader, who was like, you know, Big Bang Vader was very a big deal in New Japan, yeah. and then like went to WCW, WWF a little bit mm. as well. Um, it was like Vader and Tugboat. Were they crew? I don't know. I don't want to throw you <laughs> off. Track. Go ahead. I don't know shit. He originally they were looking at Warrior to be Big Van Vader in, in Japan, you know, and then uh, Warrior got signed by the WWF. So there was this. What should we do? And like uh, this guy Master Saito was like, I know this great guy who was working. He was working in Germany at the time, and called you know, and they brought Leon White over, and he became Big Van Vader, who was like a really influential to the japanese scene you know, in the in the late 80s and then through the 90s you know. he's oh. a big part of the book or he's he mentioned is yeah, 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 quite yeah. a lot yeah yes because he's kind of part of those uh sort of early tokyo dome shows you know i mean like the book uh eggshells goes into we talk about every wrestling event that's happened in the tokyo dome um and sort of it's easy to just like write okay these are the matches and this is what happened but like trying to add some insight and in what was happening behind the scenes and everything mm. like that uh, big van vader was most famous in 90 in the tokyo dome uh, stan hansen accidentally punched his eye out oh um, god yeah so there's literally his eyes coming out of his head and like he was wearing a mask at the time so like he had to take the mask off and like just push his eye back into the the socket and continued the and match continued wrestling yeah. yo I mean, that's why you can be like, yo, I'm a tough dude. I'm going to go ahead and fight these crazy cats. Yes, you know sure. what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the logical. I mean, it, it. there's no secret that it's an incredibly physically grueling, demanding, um, yes. you know, uh, entertainment field. Like, uh, yeah. what's his name? Um, a famous MMA fighter uh, recently last or maybe last year uh, in a wrestling match was paralyzed from the neck down. Yoshihiro. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. And he has a famous match in pride against uh, Don, Don Fry. Fry. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's paralyzed from the neck down now. It's a re very real thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fascinating sort of crossover, you know, because like guys like uh, to more like your field of interest you know you guys like Masakatsu Fanaki and and Minoru Suzuki like when they studied Pancras like that was the first genesis of mixed martial arts right. which was more of the, the the idea was what if we did pro wrestling but we didn't help each other you know? yeah yeah <laughs> and that was really yeah. the concept of birth like pride and then you know, yeah that and like uh, valley tudo yeah. in brazil uh, you know pancreas was like mma but they would only allow palm strikes but you could palm strike the fuck out of somebody mm. you know like with all your might yeah and so yeah very much the genesis of uh you know modern day mma word i, I wasn't aware mma was like had such uh roots in japan like, well, yeah, I, I, I knew there was stuff before UFC, but yeah, I, it was like I just I mean, most of it goes back it. to well, Inoki and in a way like, um, you know, the people who were sort of shooters in in Europe, guys like Carl Gotch and like, yeah. so, um, you know, the people will point to. Uh, the match that Inoki had with Muhammad Ali, which yeah. was like the, but and it was a disaster shit of match. Show. It's, a, it's yeah. a shit show, but like, it's the start of what mixed martial arts became. You know, mm -hmm. there's 
great book. Ah, oh, fuck. Josh Gross wrote a book called uh, Inoki vs. Ali, like, a couple of years ago. Um, and that's, like, if you want an insight as to, like, how MMA started um, and, like, how it interacts with, with pro wrestling, like, that's, that's a really good read. Cool. Uh, I kind of want to go back to Vader a little bit because mm. <coughs> since he is such a major figure both in Japan and at least in America, uh, he's kind of like a tragic figure in wrestling, I want to say. Am, am I wrong with saying that? With, like, how big of a deal he was in Japan and then when he, you know, went over to the Western promotions, it just never really like worked out for him, and mm. he never really got the respect that right. he deserved. I think when WWF boy, he had a really bad WWF run of yeah. like a couple of years. Um, if, if we're talking about the same guy, the guy that had like the uh, kind of weird face mask, a little yep. bit heavier set, yeah, he didn't it, look. That's it. He wasn't. He wasn't that kind of like he-man shape type of dude either right though. that right. probably he played was, into some of the yeah at the time well, right? yeah i think they, it was probably one of those knock-on effects of like they're not using me and then you kind of get demotivated yeah. <laughs> and mm -hmm. then you know you wind up piling on the pounds i think um but yeah it was interesting in a way because yeah he he was brought in to i think wcw treated him well fairly yeah. well but then like when he came back from japan and then went into wwf he was kind of a bit of a joke and then you know he he wound up leaving in 99 and went on a an amazing like late career run in in all japan and then uh pro wrestling noah when that started and and just had that, like a two three year stretch between like 99 and 2001 in japan where he was like amazing and just uh you know really really fucking great matches um and then well yeah i mean like kind of the last sort of few years of his life kind mm. of that you know it, it's difficult for a lot of guys i think to transition out of pro wrestling or like mm. uh, you know still be in wrestling but away from the limelight but uh you know it's certainly like one of the best sort of big men uh you know the, the in the history i think of, of wrestling yeah i hadn't realized how influential he was until i was reading about it in your book like mm. i like i knew vader because i don't know he's pretty popular or at least for somebody familiar mm. with wrestling so uh, this isn't the instrumental. My bad, guys. Uh, uh, so, but to hear, you know, he did all these big matches and, you yeah. know, these pretty big moments, I, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah and it's weird because you have, like, guys, foreign guys that were, that got way more fame here mm. than they did in, than they did, you know, in America, you know, and, and Vader was arguably one of those. Stan Hansen like who has such an immense respect for him in in japan whereas like in america you know he did you know he was active in america but like not all that much and like uh you know the the destroyer who died like last week and it was oh, crazy wow. like last week you know because i was working uh, around tokyo and working in corcoran hall and like you know just walking by the convenience stores and like he was on the front page of all the newspapers you know because the destroyer was around you know from the 60s up through the the 90s and he was like mainstream on all the tv shows you know not just wrestling you know he'd be on like the the laughing he'd variety like a, like a, yeah, yeah, variety yeah, show yeah. celebrity type of yeah thing. exactly oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah rest in peace so. to that guy i don't i'm not familiar i'm with also him. not familiar yeah. with the destroyer yeah he was more sort of um you know the he was a contemporary like giant baba so mm. you know when giant baba was like the the biggest thing going then he was wrestling with the destroyer but like he was you know in the in 60 what i want to say 63 64 or something like he wrestled ricky dolzan 
um, and like Ricky Dozan was like the first huge megastar like in in Japan and like you know still sure. such an important figure to the history today. But like um, and like when he says major figure, like he's really underselling how major. Oh yeah, I mean like, but that match like Ricky Dozan and Destroyer had like I mean granted this was '62 you had like. Four fucking things on TV, but they did a 72.7 rating with like an 82% share. So like 82% of TVs in Japan were watching like Ricky Dozan versus the Destroyer. That is incredible. He's probably the only person that can rival him as far as like co pop culture, you know, uh, real estate in the mind. Is uh, what what's the guy from Mexico? The uh, the guy who's in all the movies. Oh, like El Santo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Just like huge, like right. not way beyond pro wrestling, just like a sure, huge sure, pop sure. cultural figure. Sure. It's not even, and it's weird because in America, like your go-to is someone like Hulk Hogan. And it's like, no, I mean, Hulk Hogan was still famous for being the professional wrestler Hulk Hogan, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. You know, whereas like Ricky Dozan was, was more like, like a national hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I got a flip on one of our usual questions. Go on. You can only have two stables to ever I don't know either watch or like have them like be wrestlers which two stables are you choosing oh Jesus Christ explain to me what a stable is what what is this a stable would be like Degeneration X or oh, okay. the NWO yeah Bullet yeah. Club is that Bullet a stable Club yes. is a stable okay. yeah it's kind of like I mean stables like are like fight camps in in mixed martial arts okay. you know where it's like sure. that guy is like legitimately travel together work out together eat together you yeah. know and they're, they're on the the same team you know so you know there's kind yeah. of a, a companionship to okay them, you know um who would i have feud with one another forever and ever i don't know like um chaos have you know chaos who is uh, headed up by kazuchika okada who's like a Oh, yeah, uh, and main event guy in New you, Japan. You get past and present members. The past so. and present members, yeah. That's, in their prime. A, a wild thing. Mm, yeah, you know, so I'd have to go with people that are, are long running, so then I can cheat the whole system. So, <laughs> like, so you pick yeah. NWO and you get I, everybody. I, 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 I would pick Chaos because they've been going for like 10 years now, so like you've got a good mix of so like Shinsuke Nakamura up to the present day. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, and like probably four horsemen, like minus Paul Romer, you know. <laughs> Paul, oh the yeah, that <laughs> was horseman. A, yeah, four the, the four horsemen like through the the NWA and WCW, and you know there was there was always like the idea was they were four of them, but they would swap them out, you know. Mm -hmm. And you so know what I'm you, gonna do? I'm gonna give you the four horsewomen with the four horsemen just ah, because. Well, yeah, so generous, yeah, you know. Fine. Yeah, we're out here. Yeah, that's. I mean, as little bit of. As I know about chaos, they seem like such a prestigious and you know heavily. They've had so many huge wrestlers. In, yeah, in they, that they've group. had a lot of guys around. We're coming up on ten years with them, and uh, they're they're in my experiences with the people within. They're very nice people. <laughs> cool, right on. Yeah. And man, that's a long time for a stable to run. Yeah, it's, that's crazy. Like you know, even in Japanese Japanese wrestling tends to be longer planned out you know in in america which is one of the things i kind of like bounce off wwe because like it's just they're changing everything like every week like you know um because they're more tv focused right mm -hmm. i think so they wanted like here's your hook for the next 
right. not even the next week is your hook to like we got to keep you going past this commercial break so it, it's like that breaking bad style of storytelling where every week there has to be some type of cliffhanger yeah right so what will happen is and because there's no off season like with breaking bad there's no yeah. end point in sight so right. everything tangles into one another and nothing makes any sense anymore you know with uh japan like you know there's tv but it's more built towards selling tickets to a live experience so you tend to have by necessity a more um longer plan situation you know so stables will last like years rather than a couple maybe weeks, a week you know, yeah these guys are back <laughs> together oh they're teaming together one last time you know for the fifth time <laughs> yeah that's all um i've got a question that could lead into the convo unless you have something else N no i'm just here for the ride and i'm learning so much and and i, I like that he's like uh, i hear him mention people's names and i'm like oh i know that or like yo uh i mentioned british bulldog earlier like <laughs> that's a good addition that's to the podcast answer. here you know so you know i'm doing this he, so he had yeah. a great career in japan as well yeah i like how he had like the braids you know it's like oh okay he he did, man. The braids yeah, man yeah, he was yeah. swell as well he, he was pulling that off oh, yeah, he yeah. did <laughs> um so in England, yeah, in England, how how was it um, like when you were getting wrestling? Because you said on Saturdays, so was it like they took? Maybe they didn't have the two shows back then, or mm. did you get like the raw, like not literally raw, but, but yeah, did you get like the the program as is, or did they say, oh, here's this match from this show, and here's this match from this show, and did they do like a compilation kind of thing? Yeah, when. Um when the British scene was like the thing on TV, that that would be what it is, which was which is kind of how like New Japan do it now, where they'll like run all these live shows, and we have those shows on the internet, but then they'll take like the key things, cut everything down. Here's one hour that they throw on TV, mm. um, and then when World of Sport went off the air, which was like the British stuff, then they put WCW, I think WCW Saturday Night or something on instead, and uh, you know I. TV, which was like the major broadcaster had that and then wwf went to like cable and satellite and we didn't have enough money for cable and satellite mm. which was why like you know i think a lot of people sort of went away from wrestling then came back like in the late 90s like you couldn't escape you know the the, the wwf at that, that yeah point, so i mean i i uh we're, we're the same age or at least born okay, in the okay, same okay. year and um in my experience yeah the like 97 when like degeneration x was happening i had homies who were like full-fledged like third generation gangbangers who were like doing like the degeneration x <laughs> thing <laughs> and like yeah, yeah. wearing degeneration x shirts it i was mean it really huge. did like kind of cross over like even i mean hulkamania was right. its own thing but yeah I mean, the Stone Cold, and I mean, when I was younger, it was like all about The Rock. Yeah. But looking mm. back now, like the effect Stone Cold had on wrestling and pop mm. culture is kind of incredible, almost. Yeah, yeah. he kind of proliferated and you know yeah, overshadowed a whole bunch of things. All I grew up in, I grew up in California, and like all the Bloods, who, they tended to be like a lot of them were Samoan cats. Okay, so when The Rock was popping off, right, they're like, right, hey. Right. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, they yeah. started saying all the Samoan slang. It's like, oh right, yeah, that's, you right, know, right. yeah. This is this is why representation is important, y'all. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's that's, that's like half a joke, but really, but you know, it like, is yeah. like, and wrestling tends to hold up a very, very crude 
mirror to society you yeah. know, in a way. So it's interesting to watch Japanese wrestling in the context of um, like race or nationality and like how non-Japanese performers as well are, mm-hmm. are perceived like on programming, but then also by fans as well, mm-hmm. you know, where um it used to be you know when we were talking about stan hansen or vader you know there was this idea of like the gaijin monster Mm. you know and they just show up and and wreck shop and here's like this terrifying foreign man that's gonna Mm -hmm. beat up antonio inoki what are we gonna do you know that kind of thing played very much to nationalism because wrestling as an art form came over from america during the occupation because like you know it's wrestling and it was baseball right but like wrestling was this thing that we could control. Mm-hmm. So here, here's this group way where you can have like a Japanese babyface and a and a, and a foreign heel right. American monster and have the Japanese guy win, you know. And that's why it was such a huge rating success. And that ran on for like years and years. And then when you get towards the '90s, still there was still this kind of thing of either the foreign wrestler is either a generic smiling you know blue chip athlete mm-hmm. or he's a terrible evil like foreign monster right right and it's only recently i think the last decade or so and you like guys like um prince debit who studied the bullet club now he works as like finn Balor in wwe um kenny omega who is like very fa- uh, very popular over the last couple of years um that you're seeing kind of a little bit more diversity in character and a little mm-hmm. bit more dimensionality to these oh th- this guy's foreign but he can actually speak japanese and like you know be a part of like and have a character beyond you know here's this this foreign Tro- this like uh cultural trope that we've just kind of like exactly. here's the welfare exactly. queen yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah and so it but it's strange to see that because i think like japanese wrestling is becoming more popular and new japan's becoming very popular uh, abroad which is great but you also get like kind of a little bit of gate cope gatekeeping of that culture mm-hmm. um so it's strange in a way to see some pushback of like foreign guys getting popular in new japan from foreign fans oh. <laughs> like you know, yeah it gets pretty deep it's, well, it's very it's, strange it's very similar i mean it is weird how all these subcultures like have like the same kind of you know little like what what's the word like little uh quirks yeah like like the foreign fans who aren't in japan and they're like oh i love the bullet club which is like a foreign heel right stable yeah yeah yeah. mostly foreign and like the casual hip-hop listener who like my favorite rappers are Eminem and mm. Vanilla Ice. Mm. Not not that extreme, right. but you know, <laughs> right, right, yeah. So yeah, it's interesting how representation is important. Apparently, well, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it is, and and we're luckily the you know I think there is more representation. Yeah, there's a broader representation in in i think wrestling in general but like uh, you know in, in japanese wrestling in particular there's a little bit more breadth and variety now and it's not necessarily that you know his uh you know our newest foreign hire is white necessarily mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, there's there's more diversity of oh hey there's the, you know we have guys from tonga and guys from new zealand yeah. and like the you know, and current and champions from new zealand new right? zealand yeah jay white yeah so I just said that there's <laughs> foreign white guys and his name's literally Jay White. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, do you remember your first match that you watched? 
Or how did you get into wrestling? Or well, you said you yeah, it was, was just through like TV. So I think probably the first thing I saw was like Jake Roberts was in WCW for a hot minute, and like I kind of remember Jake Roberts like DDTing people and like watching Sting or something on WCW Saturday night, and then the the first Japanese wrestling match was like I said, Hayabusa and Jushin Liger, um, and then it sort of it went from there, yeah. So how did you get into actually coming to Japan or what were you doing before you decided to maybe like focus on professional wrestling? Yeah, so I mean I came out like 2005 just like straight out of school and then going like, you know, I think like a lot like of university? people. Like university? Yeah, university. Like not wanting a proper job and then like going, oh, I'll teach Eikaiwa for like <laughs> a little bit and see how it goes. And then, you know, and bounced through, dip, wound up, you know, teaching mainly for like the last sort of 13 years. And then did, um, you know, alongside that, started doing a wrestling podcast, kind of looking more at the Japanese thing because there wasn't that much coverage in English at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, people would sort of ask questions all the time of like what's this guy you know i'm trying to watch this show but i don't understand what this guy's saying in his mm-hmm. interview you know so i'd be doing a little bit of like translating things on twitter and then you know i started wrote one book specifically about new japan which was just kind of a general like idiot's history kind of thing you know and that that chanced into me meeting a few guys people who were sort of appreciative of what i was doing for the the community i wrote another book and then uh you know, like I say, this this guy we have, uh, Rocky Romero, who would be a great guy for you guys because he sort of produces music as well. Like, um, oh, really? He's a, a wrestler on our roster. He's out here in Tokyo? Um, he spends a lot of time here, yeah. He goes back and forth between L.A. and, and Tokyo. But, uh, you know, he was just kind of like, well, you know, we're starting an international division and, like, you know, could you maybe do some things, you know? So I, st- I you know, I did a little bit of work and then like that turned into somehow doing announcing when one person wasn't there one night you know and uh you know it it grew from there and then it was like all of a sudden my side hustle is pretty much my main hustle at the moment so like uh you know it's a kind of congratulations on that i love those type of stories so you you've never had any like lulls in your interest in uh wrestling did you come out here specifically because you're like i like japanese wrestling I want to be closer to the source, or was it just... Yeah, I came out, it was, I liked Japanese wrestling, and I liked Japanese video games. And when I came out in 2005, it was like, Japanese wrestling kind of went, and like, it Mm. kind of nosedive. And Japanese video games, I think, creatively nosedive for a bit as well, so it was kind of weird. Uh, In a way, being here, you know, it's sort of uh, testing my love for that aspect of the culture, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it rebounded. Um, and then here we are. Now I don't have time for video games at all. Like mm. you know how it is. I got like yeah. two kids and <laughs> tough times, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but that sounds that sounds uh pretty good, man. Uh, have you been in Tokyo the whole time? Uh, I've been in. When I first came, I was in Shonan, so Fujisawa. I lived in Fujisawa for a few years, then uh, moved to Kawasaki, and now I live in Yokohama. So I've been in Yokohama for like seven years now. Okay. Yeah. I'll be out there sometimes. I teach English out there too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been here for Yoko about Hama's seven years. Great. I wish yeah. if I was like gonna settle down, mm. if it wouldn't be Setagaya, I think it would be like, uh, man, like you know Kawasaki, that very like famous Yokohama. ambassador's house. Mm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. that area is super nice, man. Yeah, yeah, super fucking expensive. <laughs> Probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if I was, you know, gonna do that. 
I, I wanted to say, like you said, um, <clears throat> you kind of got an opportunity because a guy wasn't there and you were like ready to go. Mm. It's kind of funny how like in professional wrestling, how much that happens to the wrestlers. But it's interesting hey, to hear yeah. for like, you know, a commentator to have a similar uh, yeah, kind I of mean, experience. It was, yeah, I think like in my case, it was a thing of, oh, you know, it, it was in the middle of like the, we have this tournament every year called the G1 Climax, which is like a very grueling, like month long thing. And so it's grueling for everyone because we go all over the country. So for the, the boys that are wrestling, it's tough. For the announced team, it's tough, you know. And, and I was literally just brought in just to translate. And um, so they just said, because it was the, you know, this guy that was, it's sort of temp, contract guy that was just there to to do this thing or whatever and they they wanted to give him the night off so it was like well hey just come in just translate the rest of the time just shut the fuck up <laughs> you know whenever they say something in japanese um and then you know a little bit after that i think the next week they were in yokohama which is right down the road from me so it was like oh you know they gave me another shot then and then uh kevin and rocky were like well you know if you've got something to say say it you know and, and take a little bit more and we'll give you a little bit more mm. and then it, it kind of became you know feeling my way through it uh to the point where you know i think the feedback was was better than i'd anticipated um and so you know it's it's been a learning on the job process kind of ever, ever since so like fumbling away through how to do a, a tv and, and live tv like what what is like the viewing demographic like out here is it like middle-aged dudes like ourselves or, or early middle-aged dudes like ourselves do our children into Kenny er, Omega? early early yeah early yeah early. i want to just point that out that we are all virile <laughs> yeah. young men who are still capable of great feats right, like right. backflips and shit yeah but is it, it do children watch this stuff too when i came to japan which was during the the sort of dim dark days it was very sort of middle-aged men you know and, and like it was a strange experience being in the crowd um our the so basically just like an akb48 concert <laughs> yeah, mostly right, middle-aged men right. yeah. but the the demographics changed you know i mean new japan was bought out by a, a bigger company in in 2012 and they've sort of changed um how the presentation of the product how everything's perceived and like done a great job with with pr and imaging now so our demographic is like between male female and children a live event is 50 40 10 so like the surprise is like it's nearly half female i was going to say that is yeah. shocking to me and it's you know it's the case where back in the day it would be like if there was a girl at wrestling event it was because her boyfriend dragged her there you know <laughs> now it's almost like the other way around where it's like the the, the chick's wrestling fan and bringing her husband oh, wow. or boyfriend to the, to the show do you see now a lot of that, that on tinder late like girls are like oh, I'm my favorite wrestler like yeah yeah i'll I'll buy some super likes if I see some shit like that. No, it, it's funny that you mention that now because, <clears throat> like the guy Kenny Omega, mm. who uh, recently got more popular. Yeah. But I remember when I first started watching, like distinctly hearing like female voices like yelling his name, like yeah. Kenny, and like high pitched kind of voice. Yeah. yeah. And I, I didn't think anything of it at the time, but. Like that doesn't really happen in mm. the WWE or any other uh, promotion that I watch. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I, I guess it's like a temperature check question. Who who do you think is like the best wrestler in terms of ability and like stage pr or stage present ring presence? Like who do you think is just um, good? I think 
Hiroshi Tanahashi is up there. Um, I think over the last couple of years, um, Kazuchika Okada has been the, the best wrestler in the world. Not. Could you say his name one more time? I want it to stick in my head. Kazuchika Okada. Okay. And uh, he was. Um, what makes him the best is not necessarily that he can do like a, a triple backflip and land on his feet or whatever, but the fact that he can work with somebody that can do that and he can work with somebody that is a completely different style and um, be credible with everyone and tell, uh, you know, be able to construct a narrative with, with everyone. And that's a really difficult thing to do. Mm. Like, he's the most versatile performer oh. uh, that, that there is, you know. So, and I think, like, with New Japan as well, and what separates Japanese wrestling, and particularly New Japan, to, say, WWE, is that in WWE, because, again, it's a very regimented televised product, um, they tend to teach people the, the house style. So it's a very like set. Here's how you do this. Here's how you do this. And like you know, they will when they hire people, even if it's people that have been wrestling for years and years and years, they'll take them and put them in their wrestling school to sort of unlearn wrestling and learn like the oh. WWE style oh. of like here's how you look at the camera and here's how you put a hold on and like here's how you structure uh, a match to get around commercial breaks and things like that. Whereas uh, in Japan and in New Japan, you have a real melting pot of like, we have like guys that trained in Mexico and Lucha and like guys that were trained in the more Japanese fundamental style, European guys, like everybody has a distinct approach to what professional wrestling is. And there isn't just like one way of of doing things and uh, you know that's what it's like i was saying yeah it's it's a medium and not a genre and like you know i, th- I think we recognize that more here Be- because of that approach does it make um japanese pro wrestling a bit more uh physical like um more hard aggressive and uh i'm, I'm not sure how to phrase it but are people getting hit like yes. in Japanese pro oh, wrestling, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, like you you see somebody sell a punch, and it's like, oh, that doesn't really look like it's yeah. happening. But I was watching some of the videos, and I was like, damn, that dude is really like catching oh, yeah, him yeah, with yeah. the elbow, like yeah, you know, not the not the the actual elbow, but he's yeah, but hitting him with the, the forearm, forearm like yeah. I mean, one of so. one of my favorite or one of the moments I think is most iconic is uh with a wrestler. His name I know his last name Shibata. Yes, who has had like a very unfortunate injury and it shortened his career. Yeah. But he was in a match with Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah. And I think Tanahashi like kind of slaps him, like does like yeah. a slap. And Shibata like spins around and hits Tanahashi with like one of the hardest like backhands I've ever yeah. seen. And like the sweat kind of sprays into yeah. the light and Tanahashi like just fucking collapses while Shibata is like looking down at him. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that really fucking hurt. Mm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's it's strange in a way that, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, like, pro wrestling is what it is. And mm-hmm. it's not, uh, it's not, you know, a, a thing of, of legitimate competition. But at the same time, it's extremely physical. And, and in Japan, with it is more physical. Um, and that, it's a, a structure of how a, how a guy is work as well i think where like the 
you know, in Japan, you tend to work tours where it's like you'll work very, very, very hard for like three weeks of a month and then you'll have a week off and then you'll have another three week stretch. And most of the way the matches go is like you'll be in tag matches with like five, six, seven, eight more guys for most of the month. And then you'll have like your big singles match, which is where, you know, you want to tear into everybody and like, you know, really tear it up because, you know, you'll have a little bit of a break and then a couple of weeks of like tag matches mm. and just easy so it's more of a cycle there whereas in america it's like lots of singles matches then you have to cram yourself into a tiny rental car and drive to the next town you know and it's 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 more demanding in a different way so you kind of have to work in a different way as well so this makes like a as an outsider, I'm, I'm, it, it seems almost like these are almost two completely different approaches to pro wrestling. Do you find that there are a lot of uh, fans of Japanese pro wrestling that have like no interest in American pro wrestling, or you know? Yeah, yeah, is yeah, that, yeah. Is that more common? Yeah, that's ab- that's absolutely right. Yeah, okay. yeah, and and vice versa, perhaps to an extent as well. And in even in Japan, you know, there'll be people that are. Uh, I'm not a wrestling fan. I'm not a general wrestling fan, but I love New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm not a general wrestling fan, but you know, I love WWE or I love mm. like DDT, which is more of a sort of comedic take on pro wrestling. You know, so um, the biggest subreddit, uh, the biggest r- professional wrestling subreddit, is called the Squared Circle, and it's called the Squared Circle and not like professional wrestling or whatever, is because the guy who was running that one. He was like, fuck all this WWE bullshit. And he was more into Japanese uh, style professional wrestling. And people got fed up, and so they created their own subreddit. Mm. Yeah. People definitely have opinions like that. You know, as an outsider, I I find it all very intriguing. It kind of makes me want to start watching myself to see some of the storylines and everything. Um, What are your thoughts on the culture at large do you find that there's any inherent issues like if somebody asked me about like general hip-hop culture fandom i've got i would have a lot of things to say about not only the business aspects but also um some of the artists and the approaches to it Mm. do you have any like general thoughts on this culture that you obviously hold very dear to be you know uh as knowledgeable as you are about it like what are your thoughts on the way things are running now or the direction of the culture I think like we're on the cusp of everything changing in a big way and, and how people do business is going to change in a, in a big way. There's another company that, uh, you know, Kenny Omega uh, has sort of, he's still sort of attached and working with New Japan, but he's sort of left officially and he's starting this, this new company in, in the States, which is like being backed by uh, some very, very wealthy people. Um, uh, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jaguars son. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So they're kind of having their own take on like a national promotion in the States. So like that's going to, you know, the thing is like competition can only be good. Like if you, if you like WWE, then you should be in support of more competition because it makes them work harder. Right to keep their guys on on their books to like compete for viewership and i think like in general um the culture is getting broader the business is doing better um that kind of i think like 
it brings out sometimes more toxic elements in fandom because like there's more people coming on board and there's people that want to gatekeep that aspect of the culture that was particular to them mm -hmm. for a long time um you know but it's been surprisingly positive you know and somebody that for me that's been more you know i've been more visible over the last year you know um because i've been out there and and put on tv and, and things like that and i was expecting a lot more toxicity than i actually got you know <laughs> uh, they're not sending you death threats <laughs> right 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 I'm, I'm surprised like my blog quest is only like about yeah. three or four people answering well it. i hope it doesn't come but i guess that's one of the indicators of success too and these days you know it's unfortunately i didn't tell you this it's one of the pitfalls of being on the mega late show like uh, right, a lot yeah. of a lot of hate yeah, yeah. prepare for yeah, yeah. Uh, dick pics are probably going to start coming in now I mean, all we, this. we have a fan base we have a core <laughs> fan base <laughs> um, <laughs> I, um, um i going into the like the business changing and everything uh do you watch uh any joshi are you into any joshi uh promotions um i've watched you know i, I watch what i can when i can w um, women okay I was yeah gonna say. yeah and um so yeah i i'm not i don't watch as much as i would like because just same. purely for time but yeah, uh, you know i mean stardom do great things here and uh, Sendai Girls do great stuff here. Uh, Meiko Satomura, who's like traveling all over the world these days, is tremendous. She's um, considered, if not the best, one of the best wrestlers, not even Yeah, right, women regardless of, of, of gender, yeah. And, um, you know, it goes, it, that's a, its own fascinating history is, is Japanese women's pro wrestling because it's kind of runs parallel to the idol culture yeah. and that mm. scene in in japan so it came up where like these girls in the 80s and 90s were doing amazing stuff you know like way years decades ahead of their time like girls like bull nakano aja kong were like doing amazing things and even further but i mean and i'm not super back. knowledgeable but like yeah jumping bomb angels. the jumping bomb angels and things you know there's this this quote i have in my book was like i can't remember who said it but it's like they were the first people to think of like the ring as a cube instead of a square you know like this mm. added dimension to how they were working they were doing phenomenal stuff at the same time there was like this culture of exploitation and exploitation in that culture you know because it came alongside idol mm -hmm. culture where like these girls were sort of uh created to be cross-media darlings where they were going to be on tv and sing pop songs and all the rest of it and so like there were false pretenses of hiring like these teenage girls at like 15 and 16 mm. and say you can make this much money you know and then they'd be in the dojo literally bullied and abused for like an incredibly small amount of money you know um and so there was it's it's a bleak story but like it it brought out at the same time some of the most amazing creative stuff that that's ever happened so it's um you know that's a that's a situation that's changed now you know i think like the culture around women's professional wrestling has has changed a lot and there's there's more definitely there's more visibility and it's nice you know i think like it's strange in a way because it's again how America is different to Japan is because of like the geographical situation of America means that 
you might only see one wrestling show live every couple of months. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, like, there's, you know, New Japan has a show today, New Japan has a show tomorrow. If you like other wrestling, there's stuff in Korokoin Hall in Suidobashi, like, every night of the week. You know, mm. and so that means that everything's divided more and more dedicated. If you like comedy pro wrestling, then you'll go and see a comedy pro wrestling show. If you like blood and guts, people cutting each other up with barbed wire, then you'll go and see that show. I if would you like, like to see both of those. Right. <laughs> if mm. you like Joshi, then you'll go and see that show. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in America, it's like we're going to see the wrestling. And so everything has to, by necessity, come under that same... The, you know it's it's the one ring circus where mm-hmm. everything's gonna come in you know here are like the gymnasts and then here are the elephants and then here are everything else mm-hmm. and so like that's the the wwe approach so it's it's great that the women are getting more visibility in a positive light in wwe and possibly with with all elite as well mm-hmm. whereas like i think you know i'm friends with people in the european joshi scene and the japanese joshi scene where it's like we want our women to be you know viewed as like as as separate as distinct and not you know it's not a thing of equality you know we, we don't want to be on the same level as the guys we want to be seen as better than the guys mm-hmm. because they are better than the guys in a lot of cases you know yeah um like uh kind of in our 22 questions i had the uh moment that you know women's wrestling is having in america with like potentially main eventing wrestlemania or mm. wwe and potentially main eventing wrestlemania like a uh, becky and ronda rousey and charlotte flair is she maybe? still oh, i knew she transitioned to to pro wrestling but uh right. she's still doing that huh for the time being yeah. i think yeah yeah <laughs> and she's good she's not bad at all yeah yeah uh and going back earlier talking about having to learn to wrestle the house style that wwe yeah. likes which has been the downfall of Many the downfall of many the downfall of many wrestlers, whether you know coming from an indie Mm. or especially not especially, but like great wrestlers like some people would even say Shinsuke Nakamura Mm. or like Kana or Asuka, Mm. Mm. and you know then they get into the WWE and it's just like kind of. You're like, oh, I don't need to see them do this dumb backstage segment or yep. to, and I mean, wins and losses aren't important, but why is this great athlete performer yeah. doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, right, what, right, right. what, what's happening? Like, uh, do you ever hear any complaints about that, or is that ever in anybody's like discussion? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, yeah, I'm kind of divorced from from that aspect of it, but it is. You know, wherever you are, of course, like you want to be in the, you want to be in the the top spot because then you get seen by more people, then you make more money. You know, so I mean, there is that aspect of that. And like at the end of the day, like these are, you know, it's, it goes back to what I was saying about martial artists with the emphasis on artists. They're, they're like they're artistic, creative people. You know, and I think like yeah they're athletes but they also have like an, an idea of what they want to do for themselves artistically and so uh, a lot of that promotion is, is kind of a little bit more you know generic and very very produced and overproduced perhaps you know they have a team of writers 
telling people what to say as, as opposed to you know, the, you know people having to find their voice for themselves and that's what makes kind of other companies more attractive whether that be japan or whether that be like you know this this new company coming up in america you know i mean like it you know i think there's more avenues for people now to make money in in pro wrestling and and that can only be a good thing really cool man i only have one more question yeah um for for a person like myself who finds uh this japanese pro wrestling um culture intriguing and may want to step in what would be a good primer for me or a way for me to approach finding out more about this entire scene should i start with you should your start book eggshells eggshells which egg is available <laughs> <laughs> i mean I'm, try, I'm trying to get you to you know plug no, yourself too I, I mean, but also yeah yeah like, but uh, i mean any any other things we're too. doing you know certainly in new japan there's a, a push now where you know there, there was an international vision set up a, a couple of years ago with the idea of bringing more people on board with a product that hadn't that aren't familiar with with japanese wrestling or new japan pro wrestling you know so it's a thing where most of our main events have english have dual language commentary now and so you know there'll be people you know people me or people like me to sign a kind of take your hand and, and walk you through it where it's not necessarily so intimidating mm -hmm. i think um and you know and you know like you say you guys were, were checking out the youtube stuff and we have a you know we have we have a team making really good youtube content and things like that where it's just a it's a it's just breaking down those barriers a little bit and then pointing them to people and saying it's not too intimidating you yeah. know because i think the, the idea of the male soap proper is like all of those threads get so tangled where it's mm -hmm. like how where do i where do i jump in you know and you know it's it's not necessarily that it's but i think like new japan certainly is more accessible in a way than wwe because you have less stuff going on at any given time and you can just enjoy the wrestling and then come home with like one impression that we've left on you at the end of the night where it's like oh, okay this is going there you know and, mm -hmm. and that's what's going to keep me watching you know it's a, it's a much more of a easily consumable product i think i mean definitely like without knowing any backstory or anything just like watching uh naito tetsuya naito yeah just come out and like be his fucking self like laying down in front of his opponent i was like yeah I I'm like fucking that with you. Yeah, that's I'm my guy right there. Yeah. That's your new guy. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I guess it's kind of like, you know, Layden and I are also um, big comic book fans. And, yeah, yeah. You know, now with kind of this like culturally ubiquitous comic mm. book fandom from the from the movies, you know, uh, people are like, where do I start in comic books? Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, Spider-Man was like issue number 700 of the amazing spider-man it's like hey, i guess you just jump in and read man yeah you know and then you kind of pick up on things go back if you see a guy like who is that guy go check out right, the wiki right, page right. i guess so yeah where where can we um where can we find you on social media uh, you can find me at reason jp on uh, uh, on twitter i don't do anything else i don't take enough pictures to be an instagram person you were then, uh, I'm also suffering. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. you're right on our level with that. This is exactly our frequency. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> we don't do the social media <laughs> stuff too much. But okay, so just there on Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a commercial break. Yeah, oh, with the hand with signals, the hand we're signals taking a break. <laughs> uh Mega Late Show, episode number seventy. Eggshells. Get it.
Hey yo, this is Mega Ran. You may know me from such songs as Splash Woman or Infinite Lives. You are listening to the Mega Late Show right now. Turn it up. Yo, welcome back to the Mega Late Show. Mega Late. Hip-hop Tokyo Dope Culture Podcast. And we are back with our guest for episode 70, Chris Charlton. Hello. Uh, author of Pro Wrestling in the Tokyo Dome Eggshells. Uh, commenter. Uh, uh, any other des- descriptive words that should apply to you? What's uh, your name? Twitter, Twitter, yeah, Twitter fingers, yeah. Hey, well, but you're doing a lot of really interesting things within the uh, Japanese pro wrestling community. Announcing, uh, you're b- pretty much a um, a public figure in that community now. People sure. know of you, and you're yeah. an award winning uh, author, award winning, yes. award winning. You yes. know what I mean? So, yep, yep. Uh, man, it, it, just just speaking to you um, while the mics were off, uh, it's such a pleasure to hear your. Um, your your knowledge base and and your approach to this this community and uh, I advise everybody to go pick up that book and to uh, find his Twitter. Yes. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Especially if you're into wrestling. Um, I'm not even a wrestling fan, but I think I'm gonna walk away from this episode and have to do a lot of research and whatnot. So nice. word up. Um, so uh, yeah, I guess we'll go into the weather report segment of the podcast, which is where we each share some music or some type of media and have a little bit of a discussion about it. And for this weather report, I will go first, and I'm going to do something that is a little bit different than my usual approach, where I share music. This time, I have my phone plugged into YouTube, and I would just like to share this video and discuss it and get your thoughts on exactly what happened with this, and if you could give us a little bit more information about these figures. Now, the video is... um, it's an it's a it's on YouTube, but it's a uh, it's described here as maybe the greatest match ever, and I I doubt uh, most people agree with that, but it yeah. is notorious, and it's yeah. something that um, people within the wrestling community fans are, are usually familiar with. This is a match between the great Antonio and Antonio Inoki that took place. It looks like maybe in the eighties. Uh, maybe maybe yeah seventy or eighties. So anyways, like I'm just gonna let the audio um uh run in on this but uh, basically what happens in the match if i can describe it to people is that so antonio inoki inoki can you describe who this person is within the culture yeah so he was um a student of ricky dozan's and was kind of one of the the key figures in the original like japanese wrestling space and then he broke away to create New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know, which is still around today. So like he, he broke away in 1972 and he kind of created this idea of strong style of like kind of a little bit of, of bitterness within that of like, we're going to show the world like, you know, the, the pro wrestling is, is a legitimate, a legitimate art form or a legitimate martial art form, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and in the process kind of inadvertently or not created the the cornerstones of, of mixed martial arts mm-hmm. in, in many in many ways so like he called himself the the 
the best world, you know, the best martial artist in the world, and and then basically took on all comers, including mm -hmm. like Muhammad Ali, right. uh, including I think in this case the the great Antonio. <laughs> hey, and, and, you the, know. and the great Antonio looks like a, a Grizzly Adams type of figure, but maybe a hundred pounds heavier. Uh, he's yeah. kind of big, hairy, and kind of uh, physically imposing, but not for his musculature. Right, he right. was a strong man originally in like. I think, you know, he, like he was doing like truck pulls and things like that oh, wow. and then like got into wrestling that way. Um, so he was, you know, kind of doing, you know, you, you see him in this match kind of coming to Japan with the stuff that he was probably doing on the independent shows mm -hmm. in Canada and America where it's like he's the, the big guy and, and nothing can harm him yeah. kind of thing and he'll shrug everything off and uh, that, that doesn't that doesn't take him long to... Uh, that, that's kind of what he's doing here. He's kind of going for this like indestructible, like everything you try on me is yeah, not working yeah, out at yeah. all. Um, I, w one thing I wanted to mention is that um, this, this uh, kind of hard style, strong style, yeah. uh, I see a lot of Japanese pro wrestlers um, just in my few uh, weeks of preparation for this or at least trying to get some type of primer. So mm. I was in completely ignorant. I see a lot of these guys have cauliflower ears, which oh, means yeah. that they're doing some type of uh, grappling martial arts, whether it's judo or Brazilian jiu-jitsu or catch wrestling. Um, is, is it very common to see a lot of... Uh, catch wrestling techniques uh, applied in Japanese style wrestling? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The, more so than the than the US. More, right? I think more so in the US. Yeah. Yeah. And the the dojo training is mostly at the start you're doing like mat wrestling drills, amateur wrestling. There's a really strong like Greco Roman influence. And then people will like on their learning excursions, like when they go to different countries, or usually sort of train BJJ and and that kind of thing and, and get a more diverse grounding you know it's strange to say because like you know at the end of the day it's a performance art but mm -hmm. like there's you know there's the desire to make everything as as real as as possible and to have a grounding you know as much a grounding you know the, at the end of the day the the core tenant is combat so mm -hmm. like you know that the combat has to be believable and right. believable to uh, you know fans of all sorts of martial arts and, and different disciplines so there's, sure. there's a different appeal there Okay. So in, in this match here, um, you know, he, he's fighting uh, Antonio Inoki and nothing that Antonio is doing is going over with this guy. What, what would that be called? It's a no sell. Is that is that what he's doing? Yeah, is that yeah. like a term like within yeah, the rest? That's, that's the time. Yeah, he's not selling any of. of so. So I guess it, I, I, I'm not sure where we're at in the video, but as I've seen this video before, at a certain point, he starts here. We are here. Um, the great Antonio starts beating the shit out of um uh antonio inoki and antonio inoki is like fuck that and he yeah. starts really hitting they start really hitting each other and yeah. is is was this like oh is he he's kicking him in the face like, yeah like he's pissed off apparently because all those hammer fists to the back of the head yeah. and neck so it, this isn't this isn't common right this is this is uncommon are there this more is, examples of this there are some examples now, now this is assault this yes. is assault. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is um, the the ref should be trying a lot harder to stop that <laughs> because you, he just kicked dude in the head maybe yeah. a good ten times, which could kill a man. Yes. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is that is actual assault. I, I'm I'm sorry to it's, step on the question, but yeah, it, this uh, is not common, right? It's it's not. It's common enough that there's a time for it, and in Japanese wrestling, they they use the term cement. 
like oh. a, a mm. cement match is kind of like when everything goes down the tubes and oh. it, it's a it's a much more uh you know things turn ugly mm. and uh, you know there's there's thing there's times in history that's happened there was a famous one with um naoya ogawa uh and shinya hashimoto like in 99 there was a famous uh incident um but uh yeah for the most part yeah the the, uh, the objective is not really to kick mm. someone in the back of the right skull. <laughs> right i mean this is this is brutal you know oh, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, this yeah. is and and like uh, i i i walked away from it like yo if if i, I don't know the rules of wrestling i don't know mm. those cultural nuances mm. but if 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 you're treating me like this and you start physically hitting me and I'm not expecting that, mm. I'm going to respond with equal or greater force. If somebody starts beating my ass when we're just slap boxing, I'm yeah. going to start really trying to defend myself. And for sure, by for that, sure. I mean hurt you. Yeah. Maybe he went too far. I would say definitely he went too yeah, far yeah, yeah. in this in this here. Um, but, but yeah, man, that's crazy. In these cement matches, is that like a post- production type of term like oh that was a cement that, match yes that yeah, nobody yeah. goes into it like we're really going to fuck right, each other right, here. right right okay right, cool yeah. man yeah wow that is um yeah so that is my weather report thank you for the education <laughs> on that cement match Dope. Mm. i've never seen that before yeah it, it, it's uh <coughs> it's it's brutal uh, uh, i mean antonio's an interesting guy he's a fascinating <laughs> he, is he still does he like show up from time to time he uh, occasionally he's promoted until recently and he'll show up every now and then there was like a uh, show recently for uh, there was like the 20th anniversary of giant barber's death and he showed mm. up and, and did a little you know promo to the fans then um so and you said that he owns. Is he the owner of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling? No, no, no. He he was until like the early 2000s. He founded the company from '72. Was there, you know, until the early 2000s, and at that point, kind of divested himself from the the product piece, okay. you know, bits by bit. And uh, you know, that was kind of in the midst where like business was going really bad for a while. Um, and then, yeah, he hasn't been around since like 2004, 2005. Okay. Oh. oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of like uh, not the rise of Pride, but Pride was kind of peak Pride around uh, yes. 2004, yeah, yeah, right? At that point, okay. yeah. All right. Cool, man. That's my uh, that's my weather report there. Thank you for the education. Word. So we'll go into Chris's next. Okay, uh, yeah, my I was trying to think of something with uh, a wrestling or, you know, a hip-hop and a, and a wrestling link. So I, I went with, uh, and also because I'm from Yokohama. So, uh, or I live in Yokohama, I'm not really from, from <laughs> it's my adopted hometown. So I went with uh, Cypress Ueno, who is like a, a Yokohama-based uh, based rapper. And like, mm. he was, mm. his wrestling tie was a couple of years ago for Wrestle Kingdom you know which is our big tokyo dome mm-hmm. show they brought him on to do like the the theme music for it and it was one of those cases where like you know in in wwe they kind of have theme music for every event or whatever um and it's like you know for, to older fans it's like i miss the old wrestlemania music where it's like the cheesy you know synth mm-hmm. or whatever mm. and you know wrestle kingdom has its own sort of theme that's been around that the fans are really sort of attached to for a long time. So when Cypress Arena like did this theme music, he kind of like got 
Japan for a while. And it was like, oh, you know, I didn't know him at the time from, from anyone. I was like, who's this guy? I don't fucking know. You know, so it was like, oh, boo, this isn't the same music. <laughs> <right>? like, <laughs> and, uh, but he was, uh, you know, his friends with Minoru Suzuki, who's like, a, you know, we brought him up earlier and like a, a great wrestler. And um, I saw him, Suzuki did like a festival last year in Yokohama for like his 30th anniversary and um you know brought or anyone as a, as a guest or whatever so like that was the first time to actually see him you know and it, and um you know I, I was there with with my kids and just like you know it was kind of like a music and wrestling festival thing and it was like oh this is he's actually pretty you know in his in his own environment oh this is actually cool stuff you mm. know it's it's kind of like you know not i'm not a, hard, a hardcore hip-hop person or a hardcore music person but like it was kind of like you know nice easy listening sort of upbeat um hip-hop stuff so you know I, I sort of went on a youtube rabbit hole and, and chose this which mm. is um cypress reno with uh, mariko goto and uh, the song is chuburin which is like which means suspended um yeah and i just kind of think it's, it's kind oh of cool awesome. man thanks for the share like i wasn't aware of this at all i, I was uh, as you were speaking i was trying to google something there was this um there's a podcast called um got faded japan and they oh had, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and uh they had oh i'm sorry late run that back they had a um they had a guy on there called i think one man army who was mm-hmm. also a japanese pro wrestler and rapper have you heard oh, of this guy no, no, no. maybe he's with like a smaller prom- promotion or something like that but i thought he was a pro wrestler i couldn't find it so i might be wrong on that name but interesting one man army sounds familiar yeah, I guess he's like a he's an American guy and uh, a rapper. I'm not sure what his you know his persona is supposed to be, but yeah, I mean, maybe. if you call yourself one man army, uh, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. There was like the you know we, we talked before we we came on about like the connection between like hip hop and and wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, and that went back to like the you know the 90s and then you had like guys called new jack and yeah. like public enemy and like the, the ecw as well it was like a really big you know ecw was founded on this connection to music you know mm-hmm. so it's like a lot of grunge influence yeah. a lot of hip-hop influence at the, at oh is that time, right you know okay yeah yeah, yeah. Sorry, you remember I mean, x-pac like, with <laughs> when the one two three kid became <laughs> x-pac i thought that was kind of trash yeah that, that you didn't was like no i because I, I associated it with tupac i was like is he's trying to be like you know a uh, tough guy or something and i just didn't like it and i was a kid at the time but i already knew tupac but, yeah. Yeah, 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 I yeah i didn't X-Pac. know there was a music connection with these yeah. they would say yeah, yeah. And, and there's a lot of you know i think wherever it's it, again it's like this thing of like this crude mir- mirror to society and like i think then you can find you know, I've got friends who are into a, a hardcore, and there's a there's a big connection between hardcore and like wrestling, and big connection between hip hop and wrestling, punk and wrestling. Like, you know, everywhere you can find that link yeah. because it's like it's a broad cross section of, of society, you know. And I think like that's mm-hmm. what that's what's cool about it is like the diverse people that are within it. Yeah. yeah. What what was it about this song that made you want to bring it up? I just kind of like it. You know, it's a, it's a little bit of you know upbeat. You know, I like the the Marco Goto, like the the sort of maudlin. Um, you know, chorus to it, and uh, you know this this idea of like is she is she a famous artist? Disappear. She was um she was a singer, and then she was an actress until recently. I think she's retired now, but um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I wasn't familiar with this artist. Before. Yeah, neither am I. But the music video looks cool, and the chorus is um, nice. Hmm. I I do have to say, 
although I hate the Hiroshimasei voice, I do like like a nice Japanese stereotypical woman sing-songy high-pitched voice sometimes right right yeah. it was i don't know if you played like many video games so like i was um playing like uh katamari damashi like this okay i know, haven't this, played it but right it's like this like this this sort of cult video game that mm. where you know it's about like a guy pushing a ball around around the world and like more things get stuck to it so it gets yeah that game is awesome like it got you know i think like the people love it more for its soundtrack or almost mm. as much for its soundtrack because it's like this very distinctly that japanese kind of you know female vocalist kind of stuff mm. I, i'm i'm a bit you know i i'm i'm inclined to like that Be, i think it's because i don't subject myself to so much japanese media that it doesn't completely right, 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 right. inundate me with like kind of the repetitiveness of it but yeah i'm i'm okay with it in, in a lot of ways I still find it somewhat endearing. And here, it's, uh, you know, it works well. But yeah, yo, that ball, you just roll around, like, destroying the city by, like, absorbing things. And it's just, like, collecting buildings. small, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, like, yeah. maybe getting little things. And then by yeah. the end of the game, he's, like, picking up the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Right, 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 right. It's kind of a cool, cool yeah. concept. I like this, man. I'm yeah. going to check out. Uh, can you say the artist's name? Uh, the Cypress Sueno. Does, is that like a Cypress Hill? Like kind Cypress of thing? Hill, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. is the idea. And this is a Yokohama based artist? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was dope. Yeah, cool, man. Thank you for the share. Yep. Right, what do you got going late? Yo, uh, former guest on the podcast and my close personal friend. Okay. Oh, man, I probably shouldn't have said that. Uh, Bring it back in. Because I wanted you to hate you. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, you, I wanted okay. you guys to guess. Oh, okay who this was because i was a little surprised uh i use spotify to listen to music mm -hmm. oh yeah, yeah, yeah so i just you know put on my new playlist that week mm -hmm. and this song came on i was like okay i like where this is going then the chorus starts going i'm like oh yeah this is this is fun this is much different than his normal work very different very very different yeah this is mega ran oh yeah, yeah this yeah. is contemporary pop right, rap right, right. Yeah. yeah this is that vibe completely yeah he's a great artist he's guinness yeah, world go. record holder really what the most uh music tracks based upon uh, video based game. upon <laughs> you know i feel like there's guinness records for, for everything, everything. Yeah. we yeah. should apply like you know the most podcast episodes about tokyo hip-hop recorded in ek buka yeah, sure sure <laughs> i yeah. think just, we're probably just clearly keep more <laughs> you know, right? yeah right in apartments it begin on this uh, apartments yeah, on the yeah, sixth yeah. floor yeah no i mean make around loves you know he's got a wrestling tie as well and like he would, but it's he was just wrestling, or he was performing he was at a wrestling show. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's yeah. why I wanted to go last because it's kind of a little bit of news too. Yeah. Like, uh, I guess he's beginning a feud, or maybe he's gonna show up at the American uh, New yeah. Japan and yeah. Ring of Honor yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he's uh, beefing or feuding mm -hmm. with a uh, Bully Ray, aka yeah. Bubba Ray Dudley. Dudley. And, yeah. and Bully Ray did his bullying by cutting off his rap performance. Yeah, yeah. is that what happened there? Yes. Oh, yeah. what a bully this guy! Somebody he has to be stopped. <laughs> Who's gonna stop him? If only Mega Ran. <laughs> if only Mega Ran would just wrestle. <laughs> you know, another one of my like uh, uh one of my favorite uh you know contemporary rap artists uh open mike eagle huge 
huge wrestling fan, consistently on wrestling podcasts, yeah. and uh, he was just involved in like uh, online yeah, he beef too. with uh, I don't know who, but some wrestler face guy. I, I forget what promotion that was. Yeah, but yeah, he yeah. actually wrestled. I think. Yeah, he did I wrestle. I think that. I think that's cool, man. Yeah, I'd say like you know with with Megaran, like he he's like part of this whole thing where you can be a fan and create a passion project, and then you know it's easier now. Yeah. Where you can get noticed and right. you can be picked up, you know. And there was this thing where I remember he was. Uh, I heard an interview with him where Capcom, you make Mega Man, like yeah. called him into their offices, and he was like, "Oh shit, they're gonna yeah. sue the hell out of me," right. you know. And they actually said, "Well, hey, we we love what you're doing, right. and like, you know, let's do what we can," you know. And it, it's funny because Kenny Omega had the same thing. It's like when he was on the Independence, his music was like a, a metal remix of the the Doctor Wily theme tune oh. you know and and kenny omega as well and like omega is like a hint at mega man and, and he had the same call from hmm. from capcom and then it turned into him doing a whole bunch more video game stuff so i this this approach is something that's become more common with um most companies these days i yeah. think they reach out to these smaller to. especially instagram like yeah. they'll just pay people to post about amazon or something you know mm. and and let the person just do it whatever they want without having any real focus type of uh you know direction from the company itself and it's it's a bit it's a bit crazy when you've got like a twitter account from wendy's that's talking shit to you you know it's what i mean it's like, yeah, it's like wow man the world yeah. is so nah. so drastically different than it was yeah. um you know 20 just 20 years ago but yeah i i really i really like when a, a person can leverage their passions into becoming something that they can really make money off of because yeah. it seems more and more difficult um these days to to take that to take that path or whatever but you know mega ran fucking he's a wrestling fan he gets to wrestle you you're a wrestling <laughs> fan all of a sudden you're working with this you know within an industry that you've loved since you were a kid yeah, that, sure, that's sure, something sure. that you know i hope that most people get man it's really dope is it yeah. kind of all surreal for you still? It's still, it's still surreal. You know, I mean, we were talking. You know, you mentioned MSG, and like, I'm flying to New York next week, and like, Whoa. is it next week? A uh, week after next, yeah, like in a oh, week wow. after, and like, um, yeah. So that's fucking. You're have you going been to, to Madison America? Square Garden yeah, for I'm wrestling? Gonna in, I'm gonna be in MSG. Like, what? you're working and they you know, <laughs> for the show, and it's like, that's, it's like. Mind-boggling is like how does how does that happen? Uh, for these events, are you like also aired with the with with the actual wrestling event? Do they like show you sitting at the table like oh my god? It's it depends. It's it's like whatever gets on camera at the time. Okay. Whenever anybody can make a shot and um, yeah, one of the there was one of our guys in the Bullet Club Tamatonga. Like I like we, that guy. We were you know we were getting into it on on Twitter or whatever. You know just oh like, really? You know just sort of. He's a good guy. He's a nice guy. Nice well, guy he, was, he was until then. He was like, oh, when I see you at the building, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn. Oh, that bull no. is big, so too. So he, you know, he comes over after, you know, after his match and just like grabs me by the collar, right? Mm. And like, I didn't know this shit was going to happen, right? So I'm like freaking out or whatever. And then he eventually... Tell my kids I love them. <laughs> 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 he, go, he goes, I'm getting texts from the office saying, is everything you okay? you know and i'm like i think i'm okay you know i think he was just you know yeah. i think that was tamer being tamer and amazing. uh but then i get home and like i watch it back on on new japan world and like 
the fucking cameras they barely they you could barely see it happen. Oh, okay. like, oh, if I'm gonna get choked up right, right. <laughs> please put it on camera you know it's yeah, like a character dying yeah. off screen right you don't, you, if you, yeah you want people to be able to right. see your exactly, your, exactly, exactly. Yeah. he's like Haku's adopted son or something like uh, that yeah Haku's uh, yeah she's son. is he a tongue in guy sons. yes okay yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There's a, in, in the bullet club there's a few there's a few dudes who are who are not white right? And, right and as I was watching this I saw you know majority of the foreign guys that they were highlighting were mostly white dudes yeah, yeah. but but um Within the Bullet Club, there's like a there's a tongue and cat, and then there's like, like two a, or three. There's What's like it? Polynesian three, type. Yeah, what was it? Fala, Fula, what? Fale, Fale, Fale. Yeah, who's is it? Like, Samoan cat? Yeah, no, he's uh, he's Kiwi, but like okay. he's a sort of a distant cousin of those three Tongan guys. Okay. Um, so. Does it all go? I hope this doesn't sound as racist as I think it might. Does it all go back to Haku and maybe like the Rocks family? They, the Rocks family is huge. Mm. So, like, you know, there's definitely, like, dynasties, you know, and, and with The Rock as well, because, like, The Rocks, I mean, The Rock was, like, third generation. Right. But then, and not just on his male side, because his grandmother was a big promoter in Hawaii. Oh. So, like, she would run shows and, like, she was very, very popular in Hawaii because she would take all the guys that were going over from America to Japan or from Japan to America. They'd stop in Hawaii halfway and work there and work that territory, which became, you know, it, it was quite a big deal through, like, the early 80s, you know. So she worked with everybody and, like, yeah, I mean, like, the Samoan dynasty is, is kind of huge, you know. And, uh, yeah, definitely Haku is... You can't say a bad thing about Haku because it's mm. one of the most terrifying fucking yeah, guys he'll on the planet. Still murder you, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Are, are there like, uh, and this is just uh, my my own curiosity. Like when I was watching, when I look back at like the wrestling stars that I watched in the '90s, there wasn't a lot of, um, you know, black cats. Like I'm, I'm half black, half Jap uh, Japanese, half black and Filipino. Yeah. And so like, it, it's not that as a kid I was always looking for representation, but I, yeah. you know, kind of acutely aware of it. Yeah. Uh, more so in my adult life. Are there a lot of black superstars in, or or non-white superstars in in this wrestling promotion? Um, there are, you know, we have guys like, like Tonga, you know, and we have guys until recently at ACH who just like signed with WWE, uh, a lot of guys who come over from, with our RH connection. So guys like Jay Lethal and, um, Jonathan Gresham as well, who we'll hopefully see more of, like he just debuted with, with New Japan recently and he's just like, he's fantastic. Um, but it's not, you know, I think it's something that wrestling in general needs to work on harder in terms of not just representation to be there but representation on a top flight level mm. isn't where i think it, it quite needs to be you know and i think that there is still there will always be still this southern stigma of professional wrestling mm. southern american stigma of professional wrestling um that that needs to be sort of shaken off in a, in a big way yeah. you know well, you know, like uh, a lot of times in those industries, it's 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 also that the that like the talent pool doesn't really reflect that certain part of the demographic. You know, like like uh, 
at the highest level of MMA, like, yeah. you know, the heavyweight level, there's not a lot uh, of guys that are doing that because right. if you're that big and that athletic, you don't go to this job field that's not really going to make you that much money. Sure, sure, you sure, try sure, to get sure. into the NFL or right, you know, right, other right. other um, things that will make you money. So, you know, whereas like the, the NFL has like this huge um, disproportionately large amount of Samoans in it because, you know, that generally a lot of their culture is massive, big ass dudes like, you you know there's not that many Samoans in like MMA or you know what I mean so maybe maybe that has something to do with it what about like uh Americans is Cody American who are the uh, like it, he so seems like yeah, an American guy so like American, seems kind of like yo, a, he's Dusty yeah. Rhodes son he's Goldust's he really? brother yeah. is he really yeah. yeah yo I like that guy like it's a bad dude <laughs> just, I like that switched, dude just no but earlier I was saying like he seems like a real terrible terrible dude but that's that, his that's, character that's it, that's and character. I, I was well, you compelled know, Dusty yeah. Rhodes is the American dream Cody goes by the American nightmare yes mm, yeah, I don't know if that's progress guys I don't know if that's progress maybe that's a step back um yeah, it's more there. Yeah, there there are more sort of Western wrestlers now. You know, well, I don't know whether it's more. See, back in the the seventies, the whole idea, or even from the fifties right up until fairly recently, until the early eighties, every match basically, every big match would be a Japanese guy versus an American guy, and that was mm. just the way that pro wrestling was. You know, whereas now there's probably the same proportion of foreign talent. But they're not there as a nationalistic like the antagonist. Token, the token, yeah, they're dude. there because um, you know the audience, the Japanese audience, has more diverse tastes and is more international, and there's more of an international audience as well. So, like, yeah, we have uh, where New Japan has working relationships with Ring of Honor, which is an American promotion, CMLL in Mexico, um, and RevPro in the UK, and that sort of cycles through a lot of like European talent. Mm. We have uh, guys like Will Ospreay and Zach Sabre Jr. who are like top like main event guys now that are British and so that's great for a scene for the British for me as a British fan that's like gone through the British scene really being next to nothing mm -hmm. um, to now be prominent with like two guys like Will and Zach who are, who are great athletes great wrestlers in, in main events now it's called cool I think you would like Zach Sabre Jr. yeah he's a socialist yes outspoken yeah yeah and not like hmm. And he's a he's a submission based. Oh, wrestler. okay. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. That. yeah. Oh, yeah, I apologize if the if the race and and uh, you know. Amer like American questions seem loaded. I, I I thought maybe it was in retrospect, but no, yeah, you I know, I'm just yeah, generally I'm just curious. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like even you know, in like WWE, in Japan, those there haven't been you know super. I mean, they're definitely prominent wrestlers, but nobody like there hasn't been like a one hundred percent. And that's kind of loaded term too, mm. like black in quotation marks, like champion, yeah. which is also in quotation marks. Mm. Right, right. But like WrestleMania, which I'm gonna try to watch here. Here, yeah. Mm. Uh, you can come by if you'd like to. Oh, that'd be dope. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the uh, wrestler who potentially may get a shot at mm. one of the bigger titles is a guy. His name is... I'm fucking blanking right Kofi, now. Kofi, Kofi Kingston. Kingston. Yeah. Holy okay. shit, that's embarrassing. And um, yeah, kind of similar to what Charles was saying and why I said, oh, it's interesting how, you know, a guy like maybe misses a day or something and then somebody else somebody steps, steps up. Kofi was like a replacement for this younger guy who was in this big match like a month ago, two months ago, and he got injured 
So Kofi's been in the company for 11 years. He's super popular, mm. talented. He's always been like a dependable kind of guy, right? But now he's like having a moment. Oh. And potentially could be... He could take that step, oh. potentially. And, yeah, and that's all. It's kind of, it's weird because Kofi, when he came in, I don't know where he's from exactly, but he's an American, you know, African-American guy. When he first came into the company, they promoted him as, like, mm. Kofi the Jamaican man. Oh, who, you know, that happens. And so he's <laughs> had to go through that transformation. Sure. The guy he replaced that was hurt is, like, uh, this American... Mustafa Asian, Ali. Mustafa Ali, there you go who himself had to go undergo this transformation where at first he was like the evil Islamic mm. terrorist ah. and like, you know, and so there's definitely, funny, and it's like very, very recent history, you know, and it's difficult. I always think like questions like that are difficult for me to speak on because I'm a white cis het male. So right. it's like, it's always like hard for me to say, but like there's, it's i think representation is something you know again it's like holding yeah. let's hold a mirror to society let's you know get you know those athletes involved if there's no representation it's a catch-22 right if yeah. there's no representation in the first place then it it's not attractive right. to that section of humanity. are you married to a japanese woman yes so your kids are half yes yeah yeah is that like maybe are they into wrestling also yeah a little bit a little bit yeah, is that like something it. that you think about like oh it's good to have you know different you know people for them to look up to or to see the diversity or anything like that yeah i mean uh, perhaps yeah i mean they're like they're five and two at the moment so yeah, like yeah, i'm not enough. you know i think probably when they start getting into school that's when like it becomes more of a concern yeah. for me but yeah right now they're at this wonderful place where race isn't a concept to right. them and you know, let's, right. let's protect that for as long yeah, as possible yeah. you know i ha i have a, a a young daughter as well and something that i'm you know very aware of living out here yeah. is you know a person of color and also you know an american a, 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 an expat yeah. so yeah we protect our children and i like to see representation of all types even if it's not something that uniquely benefits like all the little check marks that i am right, as a right, person right, right. and i uh, and a lot of times depending on what what the like you say as as a white cishet male like a lot of times just as like cishet males we need to kind of shut up shut up and let you know yeah, the other exactly, things unfold exactly, yeah. so you got to just kind of know where where you can step in and where where you can be an ally or where you could just shut the fuck up on some things you know so <laughs> Work, yeah i appreciate it though yeah yeah uh, and and that's why i said it might uh, i didn't want it to sound like a bit of a loaded question like i got the white guy here let me <laughs> let me let me try to see if he knows about black people Nah, not not that at all but but uh yeah man i, I don't um have very many other questions do we have any news i do have one question uh no nah, my news was just about mega rant okay um, I, I have another I have another question here that I'd like to ask that this is like a temperature check type of mm. question just your thoughts um, because because we are uh, a hip-hop based podcast and in hip-hop uh, like wrestling there are figures who have like a persona and a lot sure. of times they're not going by their you know um, their given name from their parents you know there's your Kanye West and your Kendrick Lamar's but a lot of times there's guys like Sky Zoo and right. you know Bus Driver and weird yeah. names like that what are some of the cooler uh, wrestling names that you like both of all all three of us I suppose oh wow 
I think gorilla. Yeah, just like I think gorilla, gorilla monsoon, monsoon is really just dope. a pretty a pretty lot tough of, name. Like those eighties era things where like names left off the page, you know, and like a uh, guy who passed away recently, but King Kong Bundy, you know, yeah. and like you see that it's uh, like just Ab that name sticks it, with you is it abdullah the butcher abdullah the butcher yeah it's mm. another one yeah which actually is great. the stable uh that tetsuya naito's in yeah they're the japanese um branch of this stable in mexico is it mexico yes there you go by los ingobernables yes but the japanese one is los ingobernables de japon which yeah. I think just adds that extra kind of just that extra yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah the uh, his one of the people in that group is is a man called Evil, um, which is a challenge. You know, it's yeah. it's difficult when you're called Evil because you you can't turn babyface after yeah. that. You know, like, much, but yeah. you know what I mean like he was and but he's to the point where like the fans love him, so it's like it's cool being in Quirk right now. But he's going Evil, Evil. <laughs> I guess you could flip it and be like. Live, live, yeah, <laughs> live. Oh, yeah, that'll be the oh, best face turn. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of any other like really good names. I mean, sometimes the name, like for some reason, Shawn Michaels sounds like a really strong kind of name. Sure, sure, reason. sure. I think I've like, been like Marty Janetti too. Is something about that and them right. being called the Rockers just yeah. had like perfect, yeah. you know, right, kind of right, capture right. that. But uh, there was also a thing you're. Um, of like jobber names you know i i love like the guys you know they, they would see all oh, you know what's that guy and saying? already in the ring it's scott adams you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know just like making up jobber names is a fantastic yeah. like tom buckley i don't know <laughs> <laughs> right damn tom yeah, buckley's yeah. getting <laughs> his ass handed to him uh, hit with a leg drop what about some of your fa uh, favorite finisher moves ah uh, jeez i like um you know, I like the idea of like things that can be can come out of nowhere. You know, so like Jay White at the moment, like his finishes the Blade Runner, which is kind of a which is a he's what does he go by Switchblade Switchblade and, the Blade, yeah, Runner. and yeah, the Blade Runner which and is, it breathes with, cool. with the Switchblade with the Switchblade one th one other thing to like Zack Saber Junior for is that he has very intricate submission holds, but like he'll name them mm. with deliberately obnoxious yeah. names. You know, from like. So one of his finishes is uh, orienteering with Napalm Death, which is like a bit from a, uh, a, a Stuart Lee stand-up routine that he took. Um, and he's got another, and it was funny because we were doing production meetings for Wrestle Kingdom, or, or just like going over the matches and like Zach sticks his head in and comes in to, to our room, like where me and Kevin are. And he's like, right, I'm gonna tell you this, write it down, cause it's gonna be impossible, you know? And it was this thing from this, this band that he liked, you know? And so it came down to this moment in the match where he goes to ground and Kevin starts to call this this move, which is called Hurrah, another year. Surely this will be better than the last. The inexorable march of progress shall lead us all to happiness. That's the name of the move. And so it was amazing. Is like, that from like Godspeed You Black Emperor? It's not, but no? like it's you know, it's 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 a similar kind of awesome. shoegazy thing. Yeah. And so he starts getting that off just as he goes to ground and like Kevin's like trying to figure out the pacing of this thing is and the next girl march of progress will lead us off to happiness and like Tommy Harris she taps out at the last second and why do you say that and like yes, oh yeah. nice <laughs> oh that is awesome what well, who's your favorite wrestler late do you have a favorite wrestler when you're a kid or now I thought about this and 
If I'm being really honest with myself, I think it was Stone Cold. Steve Austin, yeah. Yeah, like even back when I was like, oh, I like Triple H, I like Sting, I like Kevin Nash. If I really get down to the... I was always kind of like... When that glass broke, I knew shit was about to go down. And He kind of yeah. bucked the system, right? He was like, yo, yeah. fuck Vince McMahon. I mean, that's Didn't like he? the archetype that WWE keeps going back to now. Like, yes. You know, yeah. the... the the mid, not the mid, the working class guy fighting against his rich boss, you know, yeah, sticking it yeah. to the man. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah. that's an age old tell, good old it's favorite the, of mine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I dig it. Oh, do you have like a favorite uh, WWE wrestler that I would know? Like when when you told us your favorite wrestler, I was like, oh, okay, cool. But I don't know that person <laughs> at all. Like, like like I come from I come from like the. Brett the Hitman heart right, right, all right. the way heart up into great. like you know yeah. I'm a macho man Randy Savage yeah, guy yeah, yeah which yeah. is like you know the mer- most surface level type when, of fandom I suppose when I started to get back into wrestling it was like Bret Hart and Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13 was like that famous like I quit match where like Bret Hart's yeah. got Austin the sharpshooter and like Steve's like leaking blood you know like the crimson mask kind of thing you know so like uh definitely like i got a lot of appreciation for for brett and like uh, i hear brett was like uh really popular in the locker room like he was a really good guy that everybody looked to for kind of leadership right times. right yeah okay yeah i'm an ultimate warrior guy man Oh, I still like going. I, not as a wrestler. Well, man. <laughs> well, well, I don't like. I don't like him as a person. I just like his promo cuts and how sure, crazy sure, he sure. was. Like he would say a lot but of I shit mean, that was, was like, "Whoa, like, that's." As a kid, I was like, "I don't know what he's talking the, about," the but it sounds co- crazy. The, the cocaine fueled like yeah. early WrestleMania yeah. era. Like there's this, this one where like Hulk Hogan's like talking about you know where they're doing WrestleMania in, in Trump Tower or something like that. And it's like, and everybody's gonna be you know Trump. Tara's gonna fall into the abyss yeah. and like Donald Trump is gonna be hanging on by his fingernails. But I'm gonna yeah. you're gonna climb on Hulk Hogan's back, brother, and I'm gonna yeah. fly you on the rocket ship to you know it's like Right. Jesus. It's like really weird shit. Like yeah. uh take that plane into a nosedive yeah. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And it was like, yo, I don't even know what's going on with this dude, but I'm really rocking with his uh intensity. So. Yeah. Do you, do you have like a, a most exciting or memorable moment? God, jeez. The the thing that I'll come back to was like um, Wrestle Kingdom a few years ago, like about four or five years ago. I had the cheap seats and I was all the way up the top. And like this was from the um, cheap, cheap seats the, to the announcer. The, yeah, table. yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, that's a cool story. But like, um, yeah, it was Tanahashi and Okada. And like the, the deal was like Okada had, was, you know, everybody assumed that. Okada was going to finally beat Tanahashi and, and be the top guy, be like the ace going for it. Mm. And so, you know, I was with my friends. We were going to cheer for Okada, and like there was like these Japanese people behind us that were really big Tanahashi fans, right? So, like, the, the, the bell rings, and like we're yelling Okada, they're yelling Tanahashi, and this like old guy he just taps me on the shoulder. He leans in and he goes, like, you know you're losing, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, right, shit. So we're yelling at each other for the whole fucking match. And, uh, you know, in the end, this is the one where, like, Tana, Tana won. And then th- there was, like, this famous scene. Because they, they booked the next main event for, like, a year out. Because, like, Okada, you know, everybody assumed Okada was going to win. But he got beat. And he's walking, like, in tears or whatever. 
So Tanahashi finally wins, and I'm like, shit. You know, we turned around, we just shook hands, we lo- we hugged, and it was like this wonderful like bit of community and like so, humanity that you only get with with wrestling. It's like my favorite <laughs> like experience. Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I got to get out to some of these events just to check them out. You know, I've, the last wrestling event I went to was um, they they bill it as midget wrestling, and I know oh, that that's no. not that's not the correct uh, the politically correct term for yeah. those that group of people. But yeah, there was a dude named Little Nasty Boy, and <laughs> uh, I became a big fan of Little Nasty Boy. Right. So I, I don't have any more questions for our guests. Late. I'm just happy to be here. Uh, let's get into this unchanging and then get out of here. All right. Cool. Um, Chris. Yes. Mary Fuck Kill. Yeah. Seven mm-hmm. Eleven. Yeah. Family Mart. Yeah. Lawson's. Right. Um, the good people at Lawson's are uh, proud sponsors of the New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, like, I will. Um, say much like any good marriage so i am contractually obliged to say that <laughs> i would marry <laughs> i would marry lawson's but um with uh, with convenience stores there's like you know accessibility is the thing and whatever's near you is where you go yeah. you know that's why they're called convenience stores yeah, yeah. um so yeah while i am married to lawson i definitely fuck with family mart on a regular basis uh, you know, she's my side piece, and then uh, you know, Seven Eleven. I'm sorry. Mm. Family Mart's got that new big, big family chicky right now, oh, yeah. and Buddy. the big spicy family chicky. Buddy, yep. yeah, we're big. I'm a big say, say enough, Mart we'll, we'll get that Family Mart sponsorship. <laughs> we're we're actually working towards that. We're yeah. we're in communication with the guys at uh, Donkey. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. that sponsorship comes through. Cool, man. Uh, let's see. I mean, I'm just gonna throw this out here to see if you uh, if you can do it at all. Yeah. Favorite member of the Wu Tang Clan? Um, yeah, I, I probably can't on a musical basis. My, it, it's gonna be so bad to your base. My, my touchstone with the Wu Tang Clan is the PlayStation game Wu Tang Taste the Plane. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I would say ODB just for his finishing move, which was like a camel clutch where he he pulled the other guy's head off. Um, so yeah. I didn't even know that game existed. Hey, there's a lot that we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you were to direct oh, no, a ha- biopic, that's the question I was going to yeah. ask, uh, who would you choose and then who would you choose to portray that person? Um, I would say I, I would definitely want to do something about Inoki, uh, just like the, the journey he went on. You know, being a guy that was... That'd be an amazing movie. You know, yeah. born into money and then, like, you know, his his dad passed. They all emigrated to Brazil and, like, you know, and then he got discovered and went on this this mad trip. Um, so he'd be fascinating. I don't know yeah, who I I'd get so. to play him, though. Like, yeah, he's kind of like, you know, he's a he's a big, imposing Japanese yeah, yeah, dude yeah. that's really handsome and has kind of distinct and features. Chin, yeah, you know? he, yeah, he he's got that big kind of, <laughs> you know, Johnny Bravo. Like, yeah. 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 That's, a, that's a really intriguing really intriguing choice does he have like a does he have a autobiography or a biography out he's, yeah he's put okay. a lot of books out over okay. the over the years but like a lot of that is and that character no i mean a lot of it's the, the thing is and that was part of what drove me to write when i've written so a lot of it's there's a lot of great stuff that's only in japanese so mm. like the the english reading or the english speaking audience hasn't got access to that you know mm-hmm. so there needs to be uh, you know, sort of more people, I guess more people like me that, that can yeah. archive that stuff for people. Sure. 
Well, that's that's kind of one of the reasons we started the podcast to disseminate this culture for people who are interested yeah. in it that can't just Google uh, who a person is or something. So right, right on. Oh, that was going to be my next question, but let me see. If you were to be uh, okay, angel and devil, the mm. hypothetical uh, cartoon depiction of an angel and a devil on your shoulder, yeah. as you know, the good side of your conscience, and then the kind of more wicked side. If you were to use any two famous pro wrestling uh, people yeah. as these angels and devil, who would you choose for each? Oh, uh, God. Um, you know, I, I want to say, like, Minoru Suzuki is the ultimate evil fucking badass in, in one sense. But you follow that guy on social media and you see, like, the guy's got pearls of wisdom on every single, like, something there. And it's like... Oh man, somewhere within that husky exterior, exterior is this this awesome dude, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, well, I th I think that's one of the things about the question, though. Like when mm. we talk about it, it's not necessarily like this person is like a Hitler, like you sure, know that sure, bad sure, side sure. is evil. It's just the kind of the side that will slap the shit out of somebody or you know yeah, something like right, that. So, right, right, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, Wait, would it be more accurate sense. to call? What is it in, in wrestling? It's like the the baby face in the, the heel. Mm. Oh, okay. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Suzuki is definitely a heel, but he was brought up on this this thing, and like the 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 difference between an American heel and a Japanese heel is like in America they're like you're a heel, which means you've got to be a heel everywhere, right? If someone wants your autograph, you've got to like stare them down and punch them out or whatever. Yeah. Whereas like a lot of the old school Japanese guys are like brought up on you're a terrifying monster when you're wrestling and you're in the ring. So you have to be just as good of a human being outside of the ring mm. in order to counterbalance that, oh. which is an interesting, you know, it's an interesting idea. Um, but yeah, Suzuki and uh, I think my angelic side, I will have a... The, the baby face. Yeah. The baby face. I the, like this new change. <laughs> I'm just rocking with it. The ever-pure Kotobushi. You know, to just... Uh, it'll be good to have that, uh, such a wonderfully handsome man on, on one shoulder as well. See, that's more my Brad Pitt kind of lane. I feel okay, like. okay, okay. He's Bushy. fit as hell. Yeah. Like, he's got the good physique and everything yeah, without yeah. being like... You, I mean, do you want to be like... My God, look at Minoru Suzuki from like 94, 95. Oh, that's a handsome man. Really? That's mm. a handsome man. I'm happily married, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I call it how I see it too. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, okay. Last one. Who is your senpai that you would like to be acknowledged by? Right. You know, it's it's difficult because I think like when I think for all of us that are sort of insecure or prone to anxiety and, and things like that, when you like like the notice me senpai thing, it kind of comes from a place of like it's almost like sort of failure as a comfort blanket of like oh if only this person will notice me but they never will which is why i can be like happy in my state of mm. like self-loathing in a way you know and it's weird because you know i was in that and kind of thinking oh it would be nice if i could get noticed by people but i'm just gonna be doing the regular sort of you know the regular job of like and the regular teaching job which i was cool with you know which i liked and i was pretty good at but you know i kind of assumed that was always where it was going to be but then it became like my senpais did notice me or the, the fans noticed me and then the company noticed me and um it's almost like you get insecurity the other way or you get anxiety the other way of oh shit people are noticing me now you know so it's like oh you know it becomes 
it's easy in one way it's easy to say oh, i'm gonna prove everybody wrong it's like really difficult to say i'm gonna prove everybody right yeah. you know so it's um it's much more tense to be in that position so i guess you know the people that i just want to be happy are the people that are joining in on the product and consuming the product and that they're becoming fans you know if they're happy then like then hopefully i'm doing a good job and i'm justifying you know attention that's put on me you know very cool man i was expecting like a jerry the like jerry lawler <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah the, the great antonio okay. yeah right <laughs> <laughs> no that's a, that's a, yeah that's a actually a great response man i appreciate it yeah Cheers, man. yo very nice to meet you man thanks for yeah, coming yeah, yeah. quite pleasant and and awesome. you you know you're 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 from the uk but yeah. uh i didn't pick up on the accent immediately you don't have it's like a very strong well i think that comes from like being in japan for 14 years right so it all becomes very homogenized yeah. and like yeah terrible okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah I hear but it. also like i'm cambridge so it's kind of like receive pronunciation bbc style voice where you're you're that's where you know if you want to be on bbc news they'll they'll hire you from like cambridge that area because ah. you don't have a regional accent so much sure. so yo uh do you have anything you'd like to plug Oh shit! Um, yeah, we're gonna be in probably by the time this goes out, we'll be in New York for Madison Square Garden, which is uh, April sixth. Uh, the G One Supercard, which is sold out, but you can uh, join in on everything uh, by going to njpwworld.com, and that's like uh, you pay. It's less than a thousand yen a month. By one yen, it's nine hundred ninety-nine yen a month. Mm, um, that's crazy, man. Is this? I can't remember. Is this the first one or the second one in? Madison Square Garden. It's the first time anybody that's not WWE has ever run in Madison Square Garden. That's it. Right. So like the first like non WWE promotion in over fifty years. Um, so yeah, that's coming up. Uh, like it'll be morning April seventh, like Japan time on ngpwworld.com. Um, and then if you want to get to a wrestling event, if you're like Japan based, um, we're going on. I guess the next tour will be like uh, our road to Dontaku tour. And we'll be in Korokrain Hall April 22nd, 23rd, 24th. Um, so that's if you're a Tokyoite. And I'll be at those shows as well. So if you want to come by and say hello, uh, that's cool. And then, like, basically everywhere you are. Like, August 31st, we're going to be in London uh, for the Copia Box, which is the first time, like, New Japan is New Japan is running in the UK. Um, so it's very exciting. We're all going all over the place. Very cool, man. Yeah. So, I are you like a uh, full time with the company now? It's uh, it's a it's a weird situation where, and it's a weird kind of nice situation where, like, it's my main thing now. Um, but like, they're keen to say we want you. You know, it's kind of like the the social media stuff we were talking about before, where it's like we want you to have an independent voice. Um, and so, like, that's kind of the thing of the you know, but. At the same time, I'm not teaching anymore. You know, I'm being in the office more and, and working with, with, with them on a more regular basis, yeah. Before we go into the uh, weather forecast portion of our podcast, which is where we talk about upcoming shows and events in Tokyo, I would like to thank you again, Chris, and congratulate you on your success thank from you. the cheap seats to the announcer table. Yeah. I find it absolutely fascinating, and your appreciation for this culture comes through immediately talking to you about it. So, word up. Thank you, man. Oh, thanks so much, man. Yeah, it's, it's so cool to do something different and, like, you know, hopefully... 
know, people will listen to this and come on board, and then people hopefully come from this from the wrestling side will come on board with like, you know, oh shit, Tokyo dope culture is like. You know, I'm I'm influence. going to begin uh, following this wrestling organization and go to some events with late, and then uh, by the time that you uh, release your next book or have something cool coming on, I'd like us to invite you back to the podcast yeah, and man. have a little bit more nuanced conversations yeah, about sure. some of the uh, the connections between all of the cultures that yeah. we're coming from. Yeah, that sounds good. Though. Right on, man. Yo. Weather forecasts. Tomorrow, if you're listening on Friday, we have one night only. That's our guy, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Katsuya, and uh, his wife, India, or partner, India Davenport. It's an event, and it goes down at Rapongi Base Camp. That's Saturday the 30th. And there are going to be a bunch of DJs, live music, uh, Sunny B, the, the rapper, uh, the female artist Rhyme. She'll be doing a DJ set. Our guy Feel So Good will be doing a DJ set. DJ Jack, who is a really dope DJ, he's also going to be there. That's Saturday the 30th. Uh, going into the next week, of course, Underdigic at uh, Insoft. That's every Tuesday. Kokimura, DJ Hero, and Nas Chris. And besides all the other regular events, the next Sunday, Speakeasy is going down on the 7th in April. And we're doing that at Plus Tokyo in Ginza. If the weather's, I mean, you should come regardless, but if the weather's good, you're really going to want to be there because it's going to be insane. The venue's amazing. We've got the Speakeasy DJs. We've got some guests coming in, uh, including one from Dubai. If you listen to our last mm. episode with uh, the urban aristocrat. aristocrat. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's lots of other regular shows, but it's all on the calendar. So go peep the calendar and, uh, you know, subscribe to NJPW World. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And, you know watch the g1 supercard yep. and uh if you guys are gonna be out somewhere watching these events uh hit us up because i'm planning to watch wrestlemania here but if we're all meeting at a bar somewhere i'll do that too that sounds like fun too yeah so there's a theme i'm supposed to play let me load that up mega can you talk a little shit yeah man so um if you were to be a wrestler right just say that you know with your physical abilities and everything mm. and you had to create this character what yeah. type of character would you create chris are you oh. going to be the face or the hill i did uh, you know it's funny because i actually did that a little bit a long time ago yeah don't look for me on youtube because it's very bad um but uh, you know that's exactly what everybody's going to do though yeah yeah right um, but yeah, I would have to be on the Zack Saber kind of the windy man, the devious technician with the intricate submission holds because uh, you know there's no way I can go pound for pound with anyone. <laughs> um, yeah, but I I didn't have the the knack for, for any of that stuff when I did the wrestling, so that that kind of sensibly led me to. <laughs> Hey, that's what they say about people that Those are in like hip hop, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the people who can't rap write about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can't so. be about it, so talk about yeah. it. Yeah. What about you, Lay? What you gonna be, man? Oh man, I've also thought about this. Uh, I kind of want a like mysterious kind of character. Like, I know we can't all be the Undertaker, 
But there's a, a guy currently now, his name is Alistair Black. Oh, yeah. He's like a Dutch wrestler. He's very popular mm. right now. And he's not the same as The Undertaker. Like, there's not this kind of, uh, like, uh, meta, you know, spiritual kind of stuff going on. He's just, like, very kind of brooding. And, you know, he'll, like, sit cross-legged in the middle of the mm. ring and just, like, mm. never smile. Yeah. I, I'm kind of on that You're one. On oh, that? and his entrance is dope as fuck. Like, when the guitars are coming in, he, like, gets... I'm leaning back from the mic. He, like, gets raised... Like he's like laying down, but like something lifts him up like this, mm. and he's got like his fingers like touching in front of mm. his chest. Yeah, yeah I, I, I dig okay. the vibe. I dig the vibe. I'm gonna have to be something trash like John Cena. Like, <laughs> you just go for the most. Hey, yo! Like my finisher is like I do a breakdancing move and then the leg yeah. drop on him, like some real trash shit. <laughs> Y'all can't see me. Yeah. You can't see me. Yo, I like how me and Chris <laughs> were just like, yeah, you know. Characters yeah. that kind of reflect that personality. <laughs> <laughs> not to say that's not you, but maybe it's just like, yeah, man, I'm just super yeah, baby yeah, face. I'm really popping. Right? Everybody loves me. Yeah, yo, I'm gonna do They're that. Like, do the dance, mega. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yo. Yeah, man, I give motivational speeches and shit. Mega Late Show, episode 70.
I don't come and hit a play no games. Ain't gonna be here to play Got games. a problem, better say it to my face. Better say it to my face. Listen, brother, there is no escape. No escape, yeah. Cause ain't nobody doing it like we do. Ain't nobody. Cause ain't nobody doing it like we do. Nobody do it like we do. Cause ain't nobody doing it like we do. Nobody do it like we do. Cause ain't nobody doing it like we do. Guess what they do. Yeah. Guess what they do. Yeah. White Walker, give him frostbite. You were quite awkward when off mic, so do me a favor and keep the same energy like a Mega Man boss fight. Say it's on site while you off site. Stood in line for some off whites. Now you gotta lie to your boss like you was really sick in bed all night. I ground like tomorrow will never come. Tell him my work here is never done. Passport is valid, but now it's like Kyle so inked up, I might need another one. Wet like Kobe in the clutch. My team is Cody in the bucks. We the elite, no easy defeat. While you and your homies are runner-ups. Top five and I'm not five. Focus since big and pop died. I shine cause it's my time and I don't want it if it's not mine. Who got more answers than me? The apple ain't far from my family tree. I used to pass up the papers and now with these papers get handed to me. What? The stuff I usually would do for free right now they pay you due to feed it do. Two or three ago it wasn't feasible. I'm sorry. What you want me to do? <laughs> Competitively, I've been running things with relative ease. The future was Zach, Rocky, Deli, Tory, Felix, Markel, Sicilian, and V. I don't come in here to play no games. Ain't come here to play Got games. a problem, better say it to my face. Better say it to my face. Listen, brother, there is no escape. No escape, yeah. Cause ain't nobody doing it like we do. Ain't nobody. Cause ain't nobody doing it like we do. Nobody do it like we do. Cause ain't nobody doing it like we do. Nobody do it like we do. Cause ain't nobody doing it like we do. That's what they do. Yeah. Stuck in the middle, my nigga is curtains. I hope this offend you. Lost many niggas, won't get none of them back. Screaming for cancer, cause it just took trap. I'm about to black. She on that wine like a brat. A bottle of done in a strap. Just go futuristic. Y'all point out our differences, but I ain't never had problems with Zach. I get Punani, Naga, I'm on that. I don't have problems when the brother black. I don't have problems when a brother living. Just stay in your lane, don't never get the drifting. They know that I'm about it. I do it in the sky when it's clouded. All of Ali, I'm the solar Muhammad. Abu Dhabi, I'll be covered in diamonds. I'm speaking on shit so my brothers ain't silence. I'm tweaking on you. Try to fuck up this goddess. We wildin' on your mama. Say that I'm childish. Why? Cause I'm shitting on them. I can't hold my drawers. And all the girls I got around her dogs.